Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Robots Radio presents... Hello, Guardians, and welcome to the Destiny Show Podcast. This is episode 48, and I am Cornholio. On tonight's episode, we have a lot to talk about. We welcome Sin from Clan Nocturnal, from Destiny Tracker, and from the most respected group in the Destiny community, Planet Destiny. We're going to put Sin on the hot seat tonight for our discussion with the Guardians. We're going to talk about Solstice of Heroes. We're going to talk about Destiny Content Vault and all of the new information that we just got from this week at Bungie. And we're going to talk about how to level up your season pass this season with Season of Arrivals. And also Shadow Price returns from vacation. This is the Countdown to 50 and you're listening to the Destiny Show podcast. We also have another special returning guest host, and he is our former clan member, I guess, compadre, the guardian of all trades, the master of crushing the ranks of Seasons and Destiny. He is the member of IGN's Destiny Clan and one of the nicest and most genuine guardians in the community. He is a warlock main, and we welcome back to the show. I love your movies. Welcome back, my friend. It's so great to have you. It's great to be here. Yeah, and and you are you're just always crushing it in the world of destiny. You play so much of destiny, and you are the most optimal man when it comes to everything in destiny whether it be your leveling whether it be the loadouts that you have so uh excited to have you back on the show to talk about so many things that are happening in the world of destiny today and also shadow price returns welcome back shadow price how are you doing tonight my friend hey yeah i'm back i'm back from my mini excursion uh i wouldn't call it so much a vacation i was just in connecticut for a few days I needed to unplug my brain a little bit, you know, just kind of get away. Um, and it was great. I had an awesome time. I went kayaking. Uh, I was able to just visit this city where I was at in Connecticut and just uh, go to the ocean. Oh, it was so awesome being in the ocean and just uh, seeing all the different, you know, uh, sites and just soaking it in for a couple of days. But I'm happy to be back now and uh, get the show on the road. Yeah, you know, it's always good to take a break and relax and go on vacation and just not have to worry about anything. And especially 
2020 is the year when we all need a vacation. It's been a rough year to say the least. Yeah. I mean, I just went like, it was, it's literally only a three and a half hour drive from here. So it was not far at all. Easy, easy drive. And, uh, you know, we made sure to take all the proper precautions too. We masked up everywhere we went. So we made sure to, uh, uh, follow the guidelines. So. Yep. I don't know why, but I just picture Shadow Price walking around Connecticut with like a Ghostbusters suit. I, I don't know. I just picture that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I, I guess I'd be Venkman then, you know, so. <laughs> uh, well, that's good. So were there any highlights from your trip that uh, stood out? Oh, the kayaking. It the was kayaking. OK. Yeah. Yeah. It was a lot of fun to do that kayaking on the uh, Long Island Sound. And uh, it was just, yeah, it was a new experience because I had never been kayaking before. So it was it was really nice weather, too. So, I mean, it was like the perfect, perfect uh, time, I felt like. So nice. And, and how was the food? Of course, you know, food is important. And that's kind of one of the most exciting things about visiting a new place. You get to try oh, out the food. Food was great. Uh, I had, uh, you know, we cooked to the first couple of nights we were in. And then I had uh, s- seafood the third night I was there at this place called Riptide. And it was nice. It was on the, o- it was the oceanfront uh, restaurant. We were outside. So, you know, we were safe there as well. And the food was great. Great atmosphere, great food, great people, great time. Interesting. Now, out of curiosity, like with COVID happening, was it different going on vacation now as opposed to in previous years? Did it feel different? Like, what was your experience during this time? Yeah, going everywhere, you see people still, you know, people wearing masks. You know, we went when we went to the store, people wearing masks. When we were out just driving, we saw people walking wearing masks. So people were being very cautious and safe i would say everywhere i went when i was yeah. there people maintained their distance you know they nobody got too close to one another especially groups that you know weren't together obviously the groups that were together were you know close but not the ones that weren't with other people so cool well i mean it's great to have you back and welcome back and Thank uh, you. we have so much to talk about oh my goodness and it feels like it all happened in a matter of like an hour. Yeah. Everything just kind of came out of nowhere. And tonight, <laughs> tonight, we welcome a very special guest on the show. He is a talented streamer and Destiny content creator. He is the man who is everywhere. He is part of Clan Nocturnal the awesome Tracker Network team, and part of the most respected and oldest stream team in the Destiny community, Planet Destiny. He is Sin, and we welcome him on the podcast. So Sin, thank you so much for joining us today, and welcome to the Destiny Show. Happy to be here, Corn. Thanks for for inviting me on. Of course, brother. And yeah, it's so great to have you on, and... uh, Thank you for everything that you do in our community. Thank you for all the positivity. And thank you for joining us to discuss 
so many awesome things. We're going to talk about Solstice of Heroes. We're going to give our impressions and our final review. We're going to talk about Destiny Content Vault and all of the newest information that just came out. We're going to talk about Destiny and we're going to put Sin on the hot seat for our discussion with the Guardians. And we're going to get started right now. So I hope you're ready. As ready as I'll ever be. <laughs> All right. So let's do this. So the first question we have for you is, who is Sin for anyone who does not know you? So for anybody that doesn't know me, um, as Corn was mentioning, my name is Sin. I'm an admin for Clan Nocturnal. We're a Destiny 2 uh, endgame clan we like to help new players or returning players catch up on the game um, we have an awesome discord channel that we've built from the ground up uh, to be as welcoming to creators people that want to learn more about the game people that need to get higher tier higher skilled um, objectives done in the game uh, i work with the tracker networks tracker pro team um, I stream every Sunday from 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. on the Planet Destiny channel. Um, I stream on my own channel most nights of the week, anywhere from 6 p.m. Eastern time to 11 p.m. Eastern time, uh, playing Destiny 2 primarily. And I'm just, you know, I, I use this a lot and I just kind of say, like, I'm I'm just a guy that likes to likes to game and I've just been playing games my whole life like playing video games my entire life and i you know started streaming just because a friend of mine said hey you know you really like destiny 2 you're you're pretty good at it why don't why don't you start uh streaming it and you know eventually over time i i just kind of built up and i built up and i built up and i started streaming playing uh borderlands about a year or so ago i was uh primarily a borderlands streamer back then and but I had always played Destiny on the side, and it wasn't until Season of Opulence came around that I kind of put my nose to the grind wheel and just started working primarily in the Destiny community. And um, I'm really happy here. You know, I, I feel like Destiny has easily one of the most unique community dynamics out of any any gaming community there is out there. I mean. When when you look at a gaming community, you see people that are so tight knit and so um, welcoming of new people, but also everybody kind of knows everybody. And um, that was a dynamic I really I really like to be really like to be around. So I'm happy, happy where I'm at here. I want to, you know, continue going on and um, providing positivity wherever I can and um, helping people wherever I can, because I mean, you can't get good at the game if nobody's willing to help. That's a good point. That's a really good point for sure. You, you know, know that's one destiny's like cheers. It's like mm -hmm. cheers. You want to go where everybody knows your name, you know, mm -hmm. so. it's a social game to me. And that's, that's what I, that's what I take most at face value. I mean, you know, there's good times, there's bad times, but at the end of the day, most of the time, a lot of us are just having fun playing with each other, you know? Yeah. It's uh, very true. You know, it's uh, we it, just like you said, there's good times, there's bad times. You know, we we we're very critical of the game sometimes. You know, it's just kind of like we've kind of taken ownership 
you know, we've been in the community as we've been in the game and just playing this game for as long as we have, we kind of feel like we have a kind of a piece of it. It's kind of like a, you know, a part of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have, I have so many memories just tied to destiny. Like I don't, I can't recall. I think the last game that I had played growing up where I can say that I've had as many memories of destiny as i've had was probably like world of warcraft or something like that you know oh yeah i mean that's that's the last time i had really felt there was like this huge social dynamic around a game and then here comes along destiny and here we are now (laughs) yeah and i and i keep saying this all the time i i sometimes i feel like bungie does not know what they had really like at first you know, they they didn't. I don't think they even knew that it was going to blow up as big as it did, and no. people were going to devour content that the way that they do. You know, and, fight. no, yeah. And it's 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 crazy because the game just as the game goes on, and with with where we're heading with it, it, it seems like it's only getting larger. It's only growing in popularity, and which is which is odd to see because you you know we've been around to see it kind of hit those dips and hit those those turns along the way and we've seen it bounce back how many times right and you know like the, for instance i'm not sure if anybody here knows this but um loot crate the the subscription like loot box service that like every month they send you like nerdy memorabilia like geek geek memorabilia stuff like that i've they're, gotten some of those they are mm-hmm. explicitly changing one of their boxes from loot gaming equip to loot gaming destiny every three months it will be a loot crate box that is full of full of items relating to the destiny universe might have to jump on when that yeah like they they don't they like i've followed loot crate for years and they don't just do that for any game like the other games that have their own specific crates are games like fallout and the elder scrolls like Mm. So to think that it's on the same level or getting to the same level of popularity as that is is kind of really cool to be a part of. That's yeah, that's that's awesome, actually. Yeah, I definitely picked up one of those specialty boxes back when I loot created all the time. Uh, Yep. I I think it's one of those few games and communities that because it has such a, a deep lore attached to it and deep community behind it that it it almost lends itself to something like that where they can make so much different you know things that you can purchase you know i mean how many things does the bungee store have on it that people just snatch up all the time um so it's yeah it's 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 surprisingly rich community behind it and i think that's what really pushes it out there to things like the crate yeah and i think i think the other really cool thing is the destiny community is extremely talented like you have so many artists in the destiny community who create some pretty incredible art whether it be t-shirts whether it be posters and and different different things like it's really really cool how creative the destiny community can get 3d printed like models of the guns yeah yeah. i still need one oh man i'm gonna get one at one point and the employees get those at their like yearly milestones so it's it's pretty crazy yeah, yeah, I actually heard that Bungie hired the, the the fan of the game who pretty much created 3D models of these incredible weapons and, and different guns from Destiny 
and they pretty much hired him to do it full time for Bungie. And every time they have a celebration for one of their employees, they pretty much have him design something just for them. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, there was one post a couple of days ago. They did a Lord of Wolves for one of the employees. It's pretty cool. Oh yeah, I saw that. That yeah. was awesome. Yeah, yeah, that was sick. Mm-hmm. They um, I think they did. I think the same person did the uh, Xenophage that was on display at GCX last year. Or Guardian oh, yeah. Gone. Oh yeah, that looked awesome. How would one go about trying to buy something like this? Is it even available for sale? Is this like something that I can just buy? You know, it's funny. I actually, I actually know a guy. <laughs> um, there's a okay. um, one of our clan mates. His name's Cold Death. He um, he has a friend that does 3D printing, and um, he 3D printed a thorn for him. And another friend of ours got a last word from him. Oh, so nice. I can. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So if anybody's interested, I can I can put you in contact with Katie. Okay. I bet you movies would like the last word, wouldn't you? Movies. I'd like one bigger than the one I bought from Bungie. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, you know, I missed out on on all of the Bungie model replica weapons, and I I wish I picked them up when they were available. How small are they? That's uh, what she said. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> they're like desperate. Uh, yeah, they're like five, six inches length, maybe. Yeah, yeah they're not very. They're not very big. Uh, she said, still maybe. bigger than I thought, though. So, you know. <laughs> this is getting oh, better and better. Man, welcome to that's what she said episode. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I got the thorn and the uh, uh, ace as well, and so. Oh, nice. Yeah, but uh, yeah, there, there, there were when I was looking at the picture on on the website and everything, and. I had an impression they were larger. And then when they came, I was like, oh, well, they're still <laughs> cool, but no. Oh. <laughs> I want a 3D printed Hawkmoon. Like that, now that it's coming back in the fall, I freaking love Hawkmoon. Oh my God. Yeah. So, real quick, hilarious. on the subject of Destiny art, I, I have to give a shout out to our good friend, Brian Monkis, who celebrated 3,000 subscribers. You want to give him a shout out? He is extremely talented, super talented artist. And he creates incredible, incredible art. You can check him out at brianmonkisart.com. And he's also running a 25% off promotion right now. If you purchase any of his art designs, and he has a really sick Trials of Osiris one that I'm definitely going to pick up. But there's a discount code that you can put in if you want to check it out. Let me find it for you real quick. Pretty sweet. There's no affiliate relationship here. I just think his art is really, really awesome. Yeah, and, Brian. Uh, Brian's art is incredible. I saw. I think it was today. He finished a uh, Corvo Atano piece from uh, the Dishonored series, and like that's one of my favorite games. And it's incredibly underrated game, by the way. And and like I was looking at this thing, and I'm like, I need that on my wall. Like, okay. Okay. So check this out. Promo code Love You Three Thousand. L O V E Y O U three zero zero zero, and you'll get twenty five percent off. And he's willing to sign the prints for you. That is insane. That's so awesome. Make sure to check him out again. Brian Monkis Art dot com, and uh, definitely congratulations to Brian on the awesome milestone. So 
on that note, Sin, how did you end up working with Planet Destiny? I mean, that's one of the most respected organizations in our community. It, it's, you know, it's really not not like a glamorous story of, you know, I I was it was actually a right place, right time kind of kind of thing. Um, you know, back in, I think it was right around the time I had gotten back into Destiny uh, for like streaming purposes um i they they had done an open application type of type of thing and even though i like didn't meet their requirements um because there there are requirements uh naturally you know and i didn't meet the requirements and i kind of applied anyways i got i actually got denied my first my first attempt at it and um you know i just kind of kept with the mentality of like all right well you know it'll come around again and it did it came around again uh towards the end of season of dawn and at that point at that point the channel the community that i was trying to to build myself um had surpassed the requirements and that was you know a four or five month span of time so i had applied and i heard back um my she she's my manager for uh, planet destiny moonvald um she just dm'd me one day and was like hey you know going over your application and you know we want to interview you to bring you onto the team so it was like it was like an actual interview um you know it was as if i was going for going for a position at a at a job honestly and i ended up passing the interview <laughs> And that was that was pretty much it. But I guess the whole the whole moral of my story as to how I ended up working for Planet Destiny is, you know, but as you said, they're one of the most respected and oldest stream teams um, in the Destiny community. I mean, so many creators have gone on to do so many great things for the community. A lot of them started in Planet Destiny. And it's kind of a kind of a launching off point where, you know, you bring all of these great creators together and you all kind of just bounce ideas off of each other and, and just share your love for the game. Um, So it's, it's a networking opportunity. It's a, it's an opportunity to help refine your skills as a creator um, and having a place, you know, that is this, that respected to kind of encourage you to be as creative as you can be with with their content um which in turn is your content it's it's a very surreal experience but it's not a bad one it's it's one where it's kind of like you know you meet people and you just work together as a team yeah it's very well spoken like there are some great individuals over at plant destiny moon is amazing nem is amazing danfinity is amazing like, and we've had them all on the podcast and they're all yeah. incredible individuals. Yeah. I mean, if I'm being honest, um, you know, he's, he's if he sees this, he's probably going to laugh about it. But um, Dan has kind of in a way like because I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not young, young, but I'm young in the community when it comes to these things. Dan has kind of become a mentor to me, you know, um, mm-hmm. anytime I'm struggling with an idea or anything like that, you know he speaks from his experience and he helps, he helps me out and which in turn helps me grow. Um, not, not even as a creator, but just as a person, Dan's an all around great guy. Moon is 
you know, she's more than a boss at this point. She's she's a good friend. And, you know, mm. everybody over there is just this tight knit community. And um, they're there to to help creators grow in a natural way and make those natural connections. And that's that to me is the core the what what a stream team should be. You know, it shouldn't be about the brand or anything like that. It should be about the people. Definitely. And I think for me, when I was first introduced to Planet Destiny, it was the Planet Destiny podcast. Way back in the day when DCP was essentially Planet Destiny. Um, and mm-hmm. that's when I started following Planet Destiny. And on top of that, I remember all the guides and all the articles that were written about different weapons. And it was definitely my go-to place to learn learn about what's happening in destiny right now in terms of new weapons optimal loadouts stuff like that as i continued my journey in the destiny community and as we started the podcast we've had some amazing individuals from planet destiny on the podcast and we got to meet a lot of these individuals and got to know them and i can definitely say that planet destiny has some of the most dedicated people in the community um you know, Nem, Moonvald, um, Jarv, you know, all yeah, Jarv, amazing good people. old Jarv. And I mean, there's so many, so many amazing individuals who are part of the Destiny community who are just doing so many amazing things and supporting the community in such great ways. So kudos to you all and everything that you all do for the Destiny community. And um, on that note, I'm curious. We've been playing something new in the last couple of weeks. We have Solstice of Heroes 2020 is now live. And I'm curious, what do you like the most about Solstice of Heroes? Um <clears throat> it's definitely the warlock armor. And I'm gonna say that. I'm gonna say that first and foremost. <laughs> um the warlock armor this year is probably one of my top five armor sets for the warlock in all of destiny 2 i i don't know what it is about it i just i really love the warlock armor set the helmet looks incredible um you know the chest piece looks awesome and i mean that, that really to expand on that i mean the rest of the armor sets look incredible i love how they have like this theme of like the light breaking out of our armor through like these cracks, given the overall theme of where the narrative's going. Um, I think they re- I think the, the, the art team at Bungie really nailed the designs on these armor sets uh, this time around. Doesn't it almost have like an appeal from destiny one? Like when we got the ornaments from, Oh, I think it was uh, King's fall. Right. Yeah. Because those were also like, uh, it seemed like the light was breaking out of that yeah. armor, you know? So yeah, I, I, I think it looks like fantastic on the hunter so far, but yeah, damn, I guess I got to play my warlock too for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, I'm a warlock main. So that was my first, that was my first Warlocks dive in for right life. there. Heck yeah. <laughs> Floaty boys. <laughs> Floaty <right>. boy life. <laughs> <laughs> might never be able to stand on a ledge, but otherwise we're awesome. <laughs> no, bro. Hunter main for life. Forever. Forever hunter main. Right, we, are, 
the Destiny community's only AC-130. So, I mean... Mm, yeah. <laughs> nice. So, so, I'm curious, what... What, what do the rest of you think of Solstice of Heroes? What are some good things that we think about Solstice? Let's be positive. We're going to talk about some negatives later on in the show, but for now, we're going to stick to some positivity. What do you think, Shadow Price? Well, I finished one blue set so far, so I'm oh, on to the... Oh, you already finished your first blue set? You yeah, were so, like, uh, just getting started yesterday. Yeah, I mean, I uh, got... On, I, was, I was working today, you know, but I, let I me ask you this. Did you get break. a positive? Did you get a positive glitch for the first time ever? Like you actually get something going in your favor? Because for me, the blue armor, I felt like it progressed three times as fast as yeah, it, it should. It did. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Three. I, each thing counted as three completions. Yeah. Yeah. There's a modifier on it. So yeah, I was, I was like, okay this is awesome so i mean it looks like the next set's gonna be i mean you know it's only the second one but it's definitely a little bit more grindy but you know uh it looks cool though so i guess uh, it feels better than last year i don't know something something feels better about it this year i guess not sure what though yeah i think um i think um Definitely the, the armor. Um, the armor is overall, because, you know, I've done like the past two. So the oh, it looks a little more polished, in my opinion. Like the previous ones, you, there were, if you really looked at it closely, there was a couple of design flaws and things like this. This, this year's armor actually looks really good. Um, as far as the actual grind itself, there's definitely been improvements this time around. I can tell you one that I don't miss from last time was the, the mini bosses and the EAZ. I don't know if anybody else had to basically <laughs> cheese that whole thing with a. a I a I remember. I oh, I'm getting. I'm just getting flashbacks to last year. I mean. <laughs> oh geez. <laughs> that that one? And then wasn't it like twenty patrols on Titan or like twenty patrols somewhere else? Yeah. yeah oh yeah. my gosh! It was it was ridiculous. Did he yeah, have so, to get invader kills or something too, or, or something too? Yep, yeah, you did. Yeah. You did yeah, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So the actual grind is definitely easier this time around. Um, and I'm on, so I've got magnificent. I'm working on that magnificent all, all three at this point. I've actually got one done except for trials completely. Um, I was actually going to wait till all three because of the whole, you know, completed at once. But then I had a friend that hopped on and asked for help. So I actually have one character almost completely done. And the other two are magnificent, but definitely easier. Especially with the modifiers, that was definitely a great change to add the modifiers in there. Um, but just uh, there was a little more synergy, I think, in a lot of the the different uh, goals that you have. Um, I, I distinctly remember last year where I basically did everything and then I still had to go back and grind orbs for like hours just to get that completed. Mm, it feels yeah. like this time around, you kind of naturally get them all completed as you go through the different activities. So just a lot easier and more synergy to it for sure. Yeah, and I think I think that's a big one. They got mm -hmm. like, they nailed the, they nailed the synergy this time around. I I remember last year just mindlessly grinding through everything you had to do just to realize oh no 
you know, I was supposed to be on a solar subclass or, <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, it's, they definitely improve the grind when it comes to the objectives. Um, you know, I know the, com- <laughs> I know the community's talking, talking about Gambit, but you know, I mean, I don't mm. mind 10, 10 games of Gambit's 10 games of Gambit, just casually yeah. knock it out, run some bounties with it, bring a couple friends and have fun, you know? Yeah, because I remember having this conversation last year with Corn, and he's like, "Should I go for all three? And <laughs> like, should I go for all?" I'm like, "Dude, <laughs> I'm doing one. Like, <laughs> that's it. I'm not." Yeah. Dude, I'm not doing it was uh, last year. It was a race for me, and I failed. Let me tell you, <laughs> um, I got it on two of my characters, but on my third one, I mean, I was literally fighting against the clock. And as soon as it was like one o'clock in, in the afternoon, it was over and all of those bounties had expired and I didn't get it on my third character, but I got two done this year. Everything is different because I started my grind early, fairly early. The first week I was really focused on my shadow title because I was so freaking close and I got all of my flawless things done. So at that point, it was like, just grind out your menageries you know, do the Arcborn challenge or whatever stupid thing I needed to do. And I spent that week grinding out. I think I did like 30 or 40 menageries. It was intense. I played a ton of menageries and uh, got it done. And then this past week, now that I got my shadow title, I've been focusing on getting my... I was grinding out on my uh, hunter for the solstice armor. And uh, it's it's not that I mean, it's not that bad, but the 10 gambit matches, no, it's too much because if you were to do it on all three characters, that means you have to play 30 gambit matches. Who thought at Bungie this was going to be a good idea or a fun experience? Who, who's the or, gambit? It's Pino, right? Isn't that the gambit guy? It's Pino. We blame Pino. We blame Pino. Yeah. <laughs> Pino. <laughs> it's all Pino's fault. Pino, please. Don't make us play 30, 10, well, they did. 15. You get the multiplier, so it's not 30 technically. <laughs> oh, wait, so the multiplier works for the gambit? Okay. Yeah, it works. Uh-huh. It works for yeah, everything. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's okay. actually kind of nice. Well, that changes mm-hmm. things then. Yeah, that so. third character was way easier. <laughs> we take that's it back. Four. Sorry, yeah, I'm going to take that back, and I'm going to eat my own words. <laughs> <laughs> Next season, before you even start Beyond Light, you have to play 30 Gamba matches. (laughs) 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 Separate separate the strong from the weak. (laughs) Just because I said something. (laughs) And that's going to be like a special package for Cornholio (laughs) from (laughs) The Cornholio will be a new version, so they might require that. You know, I wouldn't be surprised. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, that's a thing. (laughs) Yeah. So to segue just a little bit, Sin, if Destiny did not exist, I know it's hard to believe, what would you be playing right now? See, that's that's actually kind of easy for me. I mean, I mentioned earlier that uh, I was a pretty big World of Warcraft player back in like the mid 2000s. But um, I don't know. Right now, I've been falling pretty deep into Digital Extremes uh, free to play game Warframe. I don't know if anybody's familiar but um i've been i've been playing a lot of warframe off stream a lot of warframe on the side i actually did a little kind of test the water stream a couple days ago of it and um you know 
it was it went pretty well and it's it's a game that i feel like if destiny just for whatever reason never existed or didn't exist i probably would have picked it up a lot earlier because it's it kind of sates the the want to play an mmo but not wanting to put in the time of a game like world of warcraft with like all the complexity and all the little nuances that come with it um and kind of waters it down in in the same way as like an action rpg like diablo or um path of exile does or borderlands even you know so it's a game that i feel like would kind of hit all the right notes for me if destiny 2 did not exist i'd probably be sitting in the warframe directory constantly (laughs) does uh warframe have raids at all so it did and i actually this was one thing i looked up (laughs) for some reason i'm obsessed with raids so it's like if I see an action RPG, I'm like, naturally, all right, is there any kind of raid-like activity? Um, so there used to be one in it, and this is really weird, but there used to be a raid in Warframe back in like 2016, 2017, when they had started releasing story beats for the game. Um, and it did not do well. <laughs> it did not do well. So they actually went as far as removing the raid from the game completely and they just never brought it back wow but the the end game of the game is really that you know you build there's 40 40 plus different like alien armored suits that you roll around the galaxy with and you just kind of knock enemies down left and right you know you have to you have to put your nose to the grind wheel and like target grind these you know parts these pieces of these warframes and build them so i mean there is an end game there's three open world areas which are massive and just different objectives to do on on those in in those environments and i think once again it's the social aspect you know there's a social a social piece of it that's like all right well you know we're gonna go spend the spend the night running this mission a thousand times over trying to get you know the super rare part for this super rare thing so i feel like that would be the game that would occupy my time the most should or you know if destiny had never been created um and man the story elements are really great but they take a while to get to it's kind of like a trial by fire sort of thing you either play enough of the game to get to the good stuff or you you fall off of it and it's it's kind of sad to see but it's just the nature of the game i guess it's an it's an older game too yeah, it came out a year before Destiny. Yeah. You know, I'm mistaken. Yeah. Uh, so, it ha- so it has a lot of horizontal progression in it, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like it's like horizontal progression. You know, you, you kind of do this, you do that. There are challenges that are kind of like, you know, these big giant mon- alien monsters in this open world area that can randomly spawn. And like you and three other people if you even want to think about taking them down, you need to be specked out to the teeth with like correct mods, like, you know, the correct weapons that do the correct damage type. Like th- there's definitely, there's definitely end game aspects, but I wouldn't say it has like a true end game. The game just kind of keeps going. Hmm. How many people are in the social uh, area at once? I mean, how many people can be out in the open world? out in the open world so out in the open world it's a party of four however in the social hub area we're talking anywhere from like 30 to 50 people they have them split up by servers 
So you know how like Destiny Two has like nine people that can be mm-hmm. like out in the world at once. Is it like the same like that, or can there it be is, more than that? It is not. It's it's actually it's instanced. So like you would go to the main social hub of the area, and then you basically walk up to a door. It opens up. You walk in. That door closes, and then it instances you into your own like instance of that open world area. Okay, so you don't you won't see others from outside nope. your instance. Okay. So that's what differs from Destiny. Yeah, yeah. Warframe. There's okay. there's a lot of differences too. Um, you know, Warframe is more akin to a game like Diablo or Borderlands, I would say, where you're just searching you're 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 basically grinding different procedurally generated levels, you know. Um, mm-hmm. where Destiny is more of like a hub and spoke like it's it's a grind but it's not a grind in the sense of like a game like diablo or borderlands where you get all this loot dropping constantly it's more of a i don't even know how to put it like uh trying to think of a that's just it i can't even think of a game to compare destiny to like (laughs) that's the thing like that's the thing it's like a hybrid of all these games it like it really is and it's that's part of why i love the game honestly i mean it takes the best best pieces of various genres and says all right well what if we just put it all together what would happen and this is what we have and you know it's it's awesome yeah yeah i mean and i kind of wish so i mean i don't know some people will tell me i'm wrong i kind of wish that they did have more loot drops that kind of like how borderlands is like it would have a lot different various kinds of you know weapons like more weapons um you know just it you get tired of seeing the same like go figure or you know uh dire promise or you know just you want to see some new stuff like and i I know it's like it's hard it's hard to create that stuff. I, I I get it. It takes time to, you know, create the weapons, write the lore for them too. You know, yeah. they, they seem to have lore and everything as well. And, you know, I, yeah, that all takes time, I, I guess. So, I mean, how, how is Warframe do it? Is there a lot of different loot drops in that too? So, so it's kind of, it's kind of weird. Like Warframe takes a, a, very strange approach to um how they kind how it kind of gives loot out like you are actively grinding for resources to build parts for weapons based off of like Mm. a blueprint for that weapon like in like for instance for a warframe itself you need to get the blueprint for that warframe the neuroptics blueprint for the warframe the chassis blueprint and the systems blueprint. All of those take any variation of random for like of, of random four resources that you can grind throughout the different levels. And then you have to build those three pieces. Once those three pieces are done building, then you can build the warframe. Like, so it's a game that you don't have to play every single day if you have the ball rolling and you just have a bunch of items cooking. But the goal is to to craft these really rare weapons, build those weapons, and then level the weapons up to their max rank. Mm. So it's just this it's just this cycle. It's it's a cycle, honestly. But, you know, I'm constantly finding new things in the game to do, which is nice, you know, 
Right. So, so you become attached to those weapons. It's like a synergy, yeah. basically. Yeah. And, and every every weapon type, there's various weapon types. Every weapon type has different mods that can go on them. Um, as you level it up, you get more space to put more mods in. It's actually very similar to how um, Destiny does their mod system with the the ten. The, you have the the spot of ten. Certain mods take up certain like amounts of that piece of armor so it's not like infinite it's just warframes is scaled differently yeah but it's it's a system that works honestly and it it adds for a lot of customization which is really cool and i feel like i feel like it's one of those things where you know destiny took it and they made it their own it it works for the armor we have it works for yeah i mean it works for the, the armor we have you know what's funny is like it's also on the switch too like yeah so like it makes me think that destiny could work on the switch if warframe works on the switch right (laughs) so that's actually funny um i i haven't so i started playing warframe about two weeks ago i had originally tried playing it back in like 2016 2017 and Mm. i just couldn't get into it but i have actually a couple couple friends of mine from the destiny community that have been playing the game for a lot longer than me and i kind of like just join them (laughs) and next thing you know they're like they're just like all right well you're you're playing it with us now so i haven't had the chance to try it on the switch but i've been interested in at least it's actually not bad it's actually it's it's, i mean it works you know it you know it's it's great playing it handheld on the switch actually believe it or not huh yeah i mean i actually today i was i broke my switch out and i'm like you know what i'm gonna install and see what happens yeah and i think they have like most of the expansions too which is crazy yeah Yeah, they're um i think they're all caught up on the switch expansions they didn't release them all at like once um over time they kind of patched in the rest of the rest of them and they have one coming out on the 25th i think so i'm like you know i just started playing and now there's already gonna be more for me to do at some point but destiny is my primary squeeze but if it didn't exist i could probably find myself playing playing games like warframe or you know games like dark souls or any kind of action rpg title mm-hmm. so you so are you looking forward to demon souls remake um i've never actually had the opportunity to play demon souls like the original so i'm excited for that <laughs> is I'll get to experience it for the first time. So you're going to get a PS5 then? Basically. More than likely. At some yeah. point, and like, I keep I keep telling both myself and my fiance, I'm like, I'm not going to get a PS5. I'm not going to get a PS5. But I know how I am. And <laughs> at some point in time, I will I will come into possession of a PlayStation 5. Don't know when, don't know how, but it'll it, it will inevitably happen. So. Yeah. Same yeah, with I'm, us. I'm going to be picking up a PS5. Yeah. Just for the VR, because I have a PSVR, so I feel like I'm kind of invested, and I have a pretty sizable collection of games for PlayStation. Death Stranding, amazing game. Yep. Um, so, yeah, so I'm, I'm excited to play the next-gen consoles and to get a chance to experience Destiny and be able to play on all platforms with all my friends and experience some parody in the graphical performance that I'm getting on PC. And I'm sure you guys can relate to that because we all play on PC. So we know about 
high frames and high refresh and all that good stuff. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's going to be, it's going to be a cool time, you know? Oh, definitely. Definitely. So on that note, Sin, who inspired you to create content and why did you create content? Um, so it wasn't, it wasn't really an inspiration. I think it was more of like a life, a life circumstance. Um, I used to be in, I used to, so I gamed a lot throughout high school, gamed a lot throughout college. Um, after I left college, I ended up, well, actually in college, I tried, I tried streaming. I think I, I did like one or two, like far cry and like outlash streams under the name sin trigger 96 which i don't i don't go by anymore and um i kind of dropped it from there and i left college started a band i i used to used to make music i used to be in a metal band and um you know we were we were we were together for about a year a year or so and then i left that and i started working like you know a typical typical old nine to five sort of deal and i needed a hobby that really just kind of clicked with me um so you know i had a friend he would come over we'd chill all the time we'd just play video games and i remember it was when forsaken came out when for when forsaken came out he um he came over the first day and we kind of just chilled on the couch and played through the campaign and you know went through all that and you know he saw how i was playing and he was like hey you like obviously play a lot of this he's like why don't you try like twitch streaming so you know a couple days later i went out and bought uh i bought a playstation camera (laughs) uh one of one of uh sony's just playstation cameras and i streamed just using the native um the native built-in software on the playstation and ever since then it was just kind of like okay well you know i have enough money to invest in a decent webcam i have a laptop got a capture card and then i started streaming on playstation moved into borderlands for a little bit started growing the channel there and i just it just kind of started a snowball effect and now here i am it's like i moved to pc when shadow keep came out and um i've been been there primarily ever since just kind of keeping on doing what i'm doing so you know fun fact about borderlands uh that was actually a game that i kind of started playing with you know when i when i started playing pve content uh, it was me and one of my old friends, and we we just played Borderlands all the time, starting with the first one, and it was such an awesome game. And I think it was like one of the first cooperative games that just felt like very, very immersive, and it had such good co-op. Um, and that really got me into gaming, really. Um, and since then, I've been playing video games myself, too, so I can very much relate to that. Yeah, I mean, it's Borderlands was kind of my first love when it came to like looter shooters, because I mean, it really was like the first looter shooter. And it just kind of born this born this like love in me of like, hey, I just want to play to just see what I get like that adrenaline rush of like random world drops, you know, like taking down this huge boss and getting really cool weapons and all of this stuff and you know so i eventually just revisited borderlands spun up a couple streams of it next thing you knew i hit affiliate on twitch and 
that was pretty much it. Like I was playing Destiny on the side at the time and I was still streaming it, but I wasn't playing it as like my primary focus. And then something just clicked in Season of Opulence. I said, forget about I said, you know what? Like I've I've played Borderlands to death. I think I think it's time to give it a go. And I just put everything into one basket and said, Destiny's my thing. This is what we're doing from now on. And um yeah, I I met through through mutual friends, like mutual like real life friends. I met um <laughs> I see he's in chat, Tyler McMuffin. He's um he's a good friend of mine uh in real life and um he was on he was part of a PC clan uh called Violent Horizon at the time and I joined a couple months later um their old leadership stepped down he stepped up and I became uh, an admin of that clan and we rebranded as Clan Nocturnal we've just been building from there so a lot of a lot of story there's a lot of background there <laughs> but um but yeah, Clan Nocturnal is really I, it's it's unique because it was pretty much made by people that don't just game together, but know each other like outside of gaming. Nice. That's really cool. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's what got me into it. I mean, you know, what have been some challenges that you face as a content creator? You know, I I wouldn't say like so. That's where I feel like a lot of people kind of I wouldn't say get it wrong, but they just so content like for me, and I, I even said this in one of the tracker interviews that I did, um, you know, it's not really a race, and a lot of people treat it like it's this it's this race for relevancy, this race for, you know, staying on top as on some kind of status and like challenging for me is trying to break away from that mentality you know it's it's i'm successful in it most of the time but sometimes it's hard as a creator to not sit back and think like am i doing enough like am i being as productive as i could be and i think that's my big my big drawback is i kind of psych myself out you know so it's challenging to overcome that it's challenging to um you know some days it's like you 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 just don't feel like streaming or you don't feel like making a video or something and personally i i sometimes tend to feel guilty for feeling that way when really i mean we're all human and you shouldn't feel guilty about that but it happens you know and i think that's the biggest challenge is you know sometimes feeling that that guilt of letting people down for not streaming or not not being being active when really you're just taking care of yourself sometimes that's a really good point i was thinking the exact same thing you you gotta take care of yourself you know that's why i needed that just mini excursion i had to unplug my brain like i said for a few days you know just to kind of get away from it you know just to enjoy the what the outside had to offer from what i could enjoy in the midst of a pandemic yeah exactly i mean it's you know i i even said i'm like man i i need a break not just from the nine to five but a break from you know i wouldn't say create like creation but yeah i'm i'm going to enjoy like i'm going to uh massachusetts here in um at the end of september so um you know it's honestly it's the first weekend getaway i've had since i was in college um like 
four years ago. No, not even college. It was actually high school. I haven't I haven't really been away since high school. And I'm I'm so excited to just not be in town where I'm where I'm at and you know, just being somewhere else for even a weekend. Yeah. You know? It's always nice to get away and just to, you know, see something new and, and explore a different scene than what you're normally used to. So I can definitely agree with that. Exactly, exactly. And it's like the entire time my fiance and I have been together. We haven't even taken a vacation or anything together. So it's like it's it's gonna be nice for us, you know? So it's I'm I'm looking forward to it. It's gonna be a good time. So I think this is a good segue. What do you do when you're not grinding out destiny or when you're not streaming or playing the game? So um typically I'm just kind of hanging around. Um I'm a big so I'm a big like nerd for pop culture so if there's like a tv show that's big right now that everyone's talking about you know you'll find me just kind of hanging out on the couch watching it you know um you know i work my nine to five as i said before i do i do uh technical technical work i'm a systems administrator um and uh i spend time with i spend time with my fiance i spend time with my family you know just the typical the typical life stuff typical life things honestly you know every so often well not not so much now because of everything that's going on in the world but you know i'd go hang out with a buddy's house over a weekend have a couple drinks hang out you know same stuff and if i'm not honestly if i'm not playing or if i'm not creating anything or i'm not streaming oftentimes i'm i'm just playing video games because i mean thank thankfully i mean my fiance she's a pretty big gamer herself so it's kind of like that's just our bonding time sometimes you know what instrument did you play when you were in your band um i actually i did vocals i i did vocals for for a hardcore metal band um called uh called remission out of uh pittsburgh pennsylvania oh wow cool did that for did that for about a year you know we didn't really break out of the local scene, but we put out a couple, put out a couple EPs and a couple singles and, you know, just had fun with it because we, we were, we were kids, you know, mm-hmm. we just, just liked of- playing wild music and hitting each other. <laughs> <laughs> so on that note, Sin, what is next for you? Um, what's next for me? Um, I guess that depends on what, uh, what's next in beyond light, honestly. I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I personally, I just have a gut feeling like this is the year where, you know, gonna I'm going to do everything I can. I'm going to push to to get my name out there to get the Planet Destiny brand out there even more so than it already is. You know, I'm I'm working with the Tracker Network. I'm working with that team over there to build their brand and kind of just be a representative of that. Um, but most of all, my 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 Destiny clan, Nocturnal, you know there's a ton of great people that are fantastic players that aren't content creators over there. You know, they're, they're, they're just players, you know, and bringing them along, bringing them along for whatever ride we're all on, you know, um, is, is going to be awesome. You know, I'm going to be coordinating with Tyler and a couple other members over there to start putting together our world's first race team um we're going to be going after that and okay this is the first year this is the first year that i think 
you know, we are going to stand a chance. So I know those are bold words, but we have some really good people on in our in our corner. You know, so I'm I'm excited for that. I'm excited to see what happens there. I have a feeling the director is going to explode when Beyond Light comes out. Oh, yeah. You know, I, like. <laughs> I UConn have a feeling. It always, it always yeah. does. Yeah, mm-hmm. I have a feeling that Beyond Light is going to change the face of. It's I I don't think the death. I mean, the destiny to the we knew from the beginning up until Shadowkeep will still be there. But under the surface, I have a feeling it's going to feel like a brand new game. Yeah, I feel like it's going to be what Bungie wanted it to be all along. Mm-hmm. You know, like, yeah, they're bringing back the greatest hits of Destiny 1. You know, they're exactly. merging that into that, de- you know, to become, you know, into Destiny 2. But it's going to feel like Destiny, I feel like, you know, having the Cosmodrome back, having Vogue come back next year. You yeah. Know? So. No, you're right. It's going to be a really interesting time to see what Bungie has been working on um, and on their own, with their own creative direction, without the control of any outside publisher or any creative responsibilities. They can create their own path and their own destiny. And I'm excited about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I am as well. I, you know, I just I have a gut feeling. And sometimes my gut lies to me. Sometimes it doesn't. Depends on how hungry I am. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) So I think this is a good segue to talk about something a little bit different. And my goodness, and thank you so much for sharing your journey and for opening up about who you are and what you do in the community and sharing some of the things that you learned along the way. So that's really cool. And I think it's a good segue to talk about some other things. And we also have seasonal ranks in Destiny that are happening right now. And if you're like me, you're probably still climbing that rank because you got a GG like myself. And I'm currently at season rank 75. So I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting close. But we invited a really special individual in the community who is crushing it when it comes to seasons in Destiny. And every season, he's like season rank 300 plus. It's it's insane. I don't know how he does it. He is a leveling machine. And I Love Your Movies is one of the best Destiny players that I've met in the community. He is always the first one to get the new weapons in the game. And he truly does go beyond light. His current rank is at like 180 or something like that, right? Movies? Yeah, 185, I think. So Oh my Oof. goodness. 185. We're going slow this this time around. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna pick your brain so that we can learn how to GG like you, so we can finish our season rank. And this goes very appropriately for me. So the first question that I guess we have for you, for anyone who does not know I Love Your Movies, who is I Love Your Movies? Well, I'm a renaissance man. I like uh, long walks on the beach and uh, cold beer. Um, But other than that, I'm just a gamer. Um, I've been, I'm, I'm old school 
first game system was an Atari. So I've been around the block a few times. Um, but I, um, I actually was not a Destiny 1 player because I'm a PC-only guy. I think my last console was a Xbox. So I've uh, been PC ever since. And uh, I did not have the fortune of playing Destiny 1. But one of my mantras is if I play Destiny 2 long enough, it will become Destiny 1. And it kind of sounds like it is. So we're going to bring a lot of content for Destiny 1. So I'm going to have the pleasure of playing that next time around. But uh, yeah, just a Destiny 2 community member. I started, um, I got plugged into the IGN clan, um, helping streamers. Uh, so I played several times with uh, people like Fran and and Destin and things like that. And just kind of helping them out and got plugged into the community. And um, I'm just one of those guys that's always playing. And if you ever need help, hit me up and I'll do it. Very, very cool. And yeah, it's it's really cool. You are you're definitely one of the most dedicated and hardcore players. I feel like every time I'm online, you're on playing every time like you play Destiny pretty religiously. How many hours do you have in Destiny 2? I'm curious. I was actually curious and I looked right before we joined this the stream and I'm at over 2700 hours at this point. On Destiny 2? 2,700? Oh, my goodness. That's yeah. insanity. What? Wow. So and, what's your favorite I'm not favorite a streamer, activity? which is sad. <laughs> you should uh, be. Favorite you totally should right. be. <laughs> uh, favorite activity? Um, hmm. I mean, that's kind of morphed, you know, as the game has gone on. Um, I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm a grinder, so a lot of times I like to just put my head down and, and pound things out, so... You know, something as simple as strikes, I actually have fun doing. But I think right now, probably the Prophecy Dungeon is one of the uh, most unique things that's going on right now that I'm having a lot of fun with. Just uh, loving the kind of the whole 80s kind of style it pulled off and a lot of the new mechanics with the light and the dark uh, modes and things like that. Um, they, you could really tell that they were trying to experiment and really make it a unique experience. Uh, so definitely something I'm really enjoying right now. That's really cool. Yeah, I've been really enjoying the Prophecy Dungeon also. I think it's very unique in, in just the environment. I think it's very different from what we had before. So I'm really happy to see that Bungie went out of their way to experiment and try something new. And, and that was really cool to see that all come together. Yeah, if you haven't um, checked it out, they did a stream talking about... Um how the development went when they were making the, the dungeon. So if you haven't seen it, definitely check it out. So it's pretty cool to see the thought process behind it. So, yeah. And now what are your thoughts on grand master nightfalls? Because that's something that I will admittedly say that I avoided this past mm -hmm. season. I just haven't really done them. Um, I felt like I haven't been ready for them. So have you done any of the grand master nightfalls? And if so, what's, What's your experience like with those activities? It's one that I haven't really dove into much. Um, I, I do like the master ones quite a bit, but the grandmasters, it's, it hasn't been a big drive for me to do them, um, mostly because of the rewards and things like that, the time investment and actually getting people together that high enough level and skilled enough to do them is a little tougher. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, I think it was, a, it's a good idea. I think the reward structure probably needs to be looked at a little bit for it. Um, but it, it, it does do one thing really well. It really kind of changes 
the play style because um, it, it almost becomes like a cover shooter <laughs> because you are quite weak when you go into those things. So um, you have to be much more measured um, and you have to really concentrate on your loadouts a lot more. Um, yeah. So it, it does offer a, a completely different play style than any of their content uh, in the game. Cause even some of the, you know, like raids and things like that, if you're, if you're skilled, it almost doesn't matter what you're carrying with it. You can get it done. <laughs> I mean, there's more ways to get it done efficiently, but you know, there's a lot more teamwork involved in the grandmasters. So it successfully made a new play style. And I think that's something that should be applauded for. I think just the reward structure probably needs to be fixed a little bit. Yeah, you know, I, I agree with you on that. I think the rewards, just overall, I think that Bungie has been struggling with the rewards in the game, certainly in D2. I think in Destiny 1, they had a pretty good grasp on the rewards, although arguably the earlier expansions and content releases had better rewards during Endgame, at least. But uh, that's something that I really wish that Bungie took more effort to make special because I think it is important to motivate players to grind out difficult activities and to keep playing your game. So I, I think it is very much important. Yeah. They had elemental primaries in D1. Yeah. Yeah, Remember that? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then what happened during rise of iron, they came back, but they were exotic because they were just way too powerful for, for them to be legendary. Uh, yeah. yeah yeah adept weapons but not do you think we'll see them again do you think do you think they'll go back to that well no no i'm gonna say no hard no i think they might i think they might you know it's i don't know so so adept weapons maybe i would see them having yeah. maybe like a like a, like an added perk maybe but we have osmosis which could make a kinetic weapon in elemental ones. I don't know if that would be the the main appeal of them in Destiny 2. Yeah, it'd be just nice to get that rainbow burn back, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it was so yeah. fun in D1. Nice, but I think they found that it was too overpowered and they weren't able to balance the game around it. And I think that's the problem that he had. And I think that's part of the reason why the rewards are so kind of lackluster because when you went from the weapons that we had in vanilla d1 going to what we have now it's like they don't they, they can't make something that powerful because one they learned a lot during that time as to what can work and what will break the game so there's a lot of things that they just kind of can't do and that uh burn function i just don't think they can do that but, because of that break game breaking but, element there is a new element coming in the fall. Mm. Is there not? Stasis. Oh, True. Yeah. Yeah. So what is that going to look like? Could we see somewhat of a return of elemental primaries then with a new element coming into the picture? It, it's funny. I, I, I'm a big Borderlands person and I played all of those. And it, the first thing I thought of was Borderlands pre-sequel because all the ice weapons in that game. Um, <laughs> but it's one of those things where that was one of the struggles I had in Destiny, uh, especially when they went to you know all of the shield breaks and things like that. I, I was used to playing Borderlands where I could 
put any weapon on and do any combination of rainbows of, of elements and things like that to tackle anything I was up against. So it always almost felt a little bit limiting. Uh, so the osmosis uh, was kind of liberating for me. And I actually use that a ton on my warlock because I have a, you know, one of those crazy super generating builds that I use osmosis on and uh, with grenades and stuff like that. So that was actually really awesome. So I'm kind of excited to see, because they're already talking about expanding even just the skill tree within the stasis. So if they're willing to go the, you stretch it there, hopefully they're willing to stretch it in the weapon side too. Uh, So I'm definitely excited to see what they do. Mm -hmm. But I think the problem we're in right now is they are kind of limited by PVP a little bit because they can only go so far before it breaks PVP (laughs) or the community says, hold up, wait a minute. (laughs) I can't be getting my face ripped off by Lord of Wolves, you know? (laughs) So it's a fine line. I feel like, I feel like they don't, they feel a little comfortable with where the balance is right now, even though for, for community, I feel like they're starting to feel like, well, it's feeling a little, little bland, like destiny Two launch, where they were, everything was really balanced. Um, so I think that I'm excited to see what they do, um, but it's cautious optimism, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see what Tyler's saying in the chat. He's saying we already have energy primaries. Yes, that's true. But it's not true elemental primaries like we had in D1. You know, It's not like in, the first, in your first uh, slot, you can have a void weapon or you can have arc or solar. You know, like, I, I miss that. I don't know. There's just something about the, like, I don't know. I'm just, it's the nostalgia, I guess. No, I, say, I, I, I get you. I think, like, like I said, I mean, I think, I mean, we already have it in some capacity. I mean, if adept weapons even just came with osmosis, like intrinsically on them, it would be the same thing, realistically. The drawback would throw just a grenade, be here. though, don't you? you gotta, like, yeah, throw. yeah. The drawback would just be you would need to use a grenade. Yeah, but us, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see what they would do. Yeah. Oh yeah, the demolition. Yeah, to get your grenade back quicker, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah. And I, I will say one thing. Uh, one of the positive things about sunsetting is that it forces Bungie to give us a lot of stuff. Now the question is. What will they give us? Are they going to give us old weapons and old things from Destiny 2 that have just a higher expiration date? Or are they going to give us just completely new things? Is and I hope that the why latter. they're taking the extra time? Revamp of the weapon system, possibly? You know, weapons 2.0, maybe? Is that a possibility? You think it's on the table? Mm-hmm. And I know that in a couple of different interviews and things like that, it um, it, it wasn't in the near future, according to a couple of different interviews that they've done. It's something that's on the roadmap at some point, but it, there was a lot more other things that were taken care of before then. So I, I doubt it initially, but eventually I think it'll get there. It'll, it'll probably almost have to with a with a whole new stasis and a whole new element to to work with there's probably going to be a lot of different changes that happen um but i I don't think at launch i'm gonna make a guess and i'm gonna say that with beyond light more than likely it's not going to be a large and substantial content piece 
I think it will change the game and how the foundation of the game is laid out because a lot of things are changing and we're going to talk a little bit more about this, um, a lot more about this in just a little bit. We're going to talk about this week at Bungie with what is leaving with the Destiny content fault. And I think this next expansion will be that ground that Bungie is laying to be able to create a sustainable new model for the game because I think what Bungie had in the last year, I don't think it's sustainable. I just think too much of the game was just free of charge. And I'm not against free content, but I do think that at the end of the day, when you have a business that needs to make money to sustain, you either have to make money through microtransactions and Eververse, which I don't know if that has been working so well for Bungie, or you have to make the content paid. And I think this next expansion is that step to making that content paid. And I know some people may disagree with me, but raids, campaigns, that's going away for free. You will have to pay to be able to access those type of activities in the future. You'll have access to destinations for free. You'll be able to play things like PvP, which is becoming kind of a standard. I mean, look at Halo. Halo just announced recently that Halo Infinite PvP is going free to play as well. So it's it's going to be interesting. Do you feel the story doesn't have a potential to be big because uh, it's just going to be one new location and a returning location? No, I think the the story doesn't have the potential to be big because it's just Bungie on their own. They don't have High Moon Studios. They don't have Vicarious Visions. They don't have anyone but themselves to handle not only producing the game, but also now publishing the game. So you have to set realistic expectations for what we're getting. And I think this last year in the game, it gave us a lot of insight into what we can expect from the game going forward i think next year we're going to get something a lot more substantial because bungie will have had enough time to create something more substantial i think this expansion based on the pricing of it based on the expansion being what is it 39.99 yeah yeah it is now does that come with the season also isn't that five dollars more than Shadowkeep was, or something? So I it has think so. It has the potential to be as bigger than Shadowkeep, right? So, Maybe so Forsaken size. If it's, if it's thirty nine ninety nine, does that price include the season for that time period, or it, is the season separate? It season, does. Oh god. Oh god. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I think I think it doesn't. I think the thirty nine ninety nine does not include that i could be wrong i think the deluxe no because the deluxe edition comes with the season pass i think that 39.99 does come with the season yeah the season is included that season is included with beyond light and then the other three are a la carte or if you get the season pass um and go ahead well yeah i was gonna say i think i you know maybe not necessarily for the same reasons but i think core might be on the right track because it's 
a lot of the things that they're doing right now are structural changes. I mean, they're taking entire chunks of the game out. They're redoing things for new players. They're kind of re redoing that whole uh, new player experience. Um, there's a lot of structural things that are going into place to set up. And they have said multiple times that they're going to stick with the three month cadence. So for it to be something similar to Shadowkeep actually makes sense because they're going to be, it's going to be that big chunk of new structure, new location, and then going to going to keep adding to it every three months. So it would make sense that's that kind of size of thing. Um, but you know, there's always that we hope, <laughs> we hope we get something really crazy and a story that blows us away, but you know, it's, so they can build possible. on to Europa. They can build on to yeah. this location, like with the seasons, right? Basically, yeah, that's probably what what that's going to happen. Yeah, well, and they guess. they are they they're already planning that, and they already confirmed that the Cosmodrome is coming back, but it's not coming back all in one piece. It's going to take time for them to build that environment out, which also paints a picture as to what the development cycle is like to be able to produce this content. Clearly, if the Cosmodrome was able to come back in a full capacity with Beyond Light, it would. But clearly, it can't. They're not able to do that. So that also, to me, says Bungie is not able to produce content at the pace that they want. And that's a realistic consequence of not having a publisher. So, And, and that's where I think that Bungie has kind of a, you know, uh, a, I don't want to say missed opportunity, but it yeah, definitely underestimated. It's not, it's not going in their favor by not having a publisher. And I, I think Bungie did very well underestimate the benefits of having that type of relationship with a live service game. So. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense that they're taking the extra month and a half. You know, I, I know a lot of it, you know, is COVID, but also just reintroducing the Cosmodrome. You know, it's not, not a copy pasta. You know, well, it's and here's, like they have here's to something interesting. Here's something interesting. So according to Tyler and Sin, the expansion does not include for $39.99 the season, which to me then says logically they would price the content based on what you're getting in the game so maybe bungie has been working on beyond light for quite some time now and you know maybe we are getting something a bit more substantial than you know a third that's what i'm expansion. thinking so i i have some i have some insight on that and this is something that i had actually spoken just in passing with my clan um I forget. I'm trying to remember what the gentleman's name was, but there I believe he worked with Bungie while Activision was still in the picture um, back back around Forsaken time. And he had mentioned on Twitter the, the day that Beyond Light came was announced. He had mentioned on Twitter that he was excited to finally see Beyond Light come to fruition because it was the last thing he had worked on with Bungie before he had left. And he had left at least a year or two ago. So mm. I'm trying, I, I want to be able to cite my sources, but I can't remember what this gentleman's name was. I believe he either works for Activision or he works uh, for Riot Games. I'm trying yeah, to remember I mean, what the gentleman's I mean, name was, but. Yeah, I, yeah, I vaguely remember 
that interview, but I, yeah, I don't remember who it was either. Yeah, really but, but so it, it tells me that at the very core of it, Beyond Light has been a concept that's been in the tubes for a while. Oh, yeah, you Europa know? has been a concept since Destiny. Since Destiny 1, yeah. One. Mm-hmm. So good, good point. It, it makes sense that they've been working on this for quite some time, you know, mm-hmm. the, you know, the better half of two years, if not longer, you know, yeah. it, it, it takes time to build that environment. Yeah. And, and by no means do I think this is going to be like some, some big bang experience with destiny Two. but there is in some ways, um, it, it feels to me like this is where Bungie says, okay, you know, Destiny 2 kind of needs a soft reset. You know, we need a soft reset. Wheels. Yeah, we got to take, off the, take off the training wheels a little yeah. bit. You know, we're, we're going to add some things that are, I wouldn't say quality of life, but natural progression. Like, you know, this whole concept of we're going to start using this new subclass ability. You know, Destiny has been around for, you know, over half a decade now. And just now are we getting a fourth subclass element? Like that's not, that's not like a small decision to make. That's not a small change. That changes fundamentally everything we have ever done in destiny two. Yeah. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see how they expand on that. And even more so for, for me, I just, you know, we're seeing, we're being told that we're going to be able to see these places that we've only heard about in the lore that were introduced in Destiny 1. Like, this is something new. And it's like new, new. <laughs> and I feel right. like, I feel like even Shadowkeep was kind of like, all right, you know, it was the, it was, re- it was, you know, you're right. That is that is a great point. Like, yes, this is in theory a concept from Destiny One, because we knew about this area from Destiny One from the concept art. But in practice, it's gonna be a new destination for it's, us. I mean, even mm-hmm. Forsaken, Dreaming City was a new destination, but that was just a continuation of the Taken King storyline in a way. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. this is essentially the start of a brand new storyline. And right, where, where's the stranger been for five years? Yeah, we, you know? like, we're getting all of these fundamental things that, that we're seeing. Um, and, I mean, I just, my only hope is that they're presented to us in a way that feels worthwhile, you know? Yeah. You know, cautiously yeah. optimistic, but yeah. still, like, excited yeah. for the changes. Yeah, I think that's that's the main focus with and the time that they're spending is is changing the feel of the game because mm-hmm. if they don't you know change the actual feel and the, the base experience of it, it's just another map and that's not going to sustain or you know keep those players that come back to check it out. They're, they're not going to stay around if it's just a new map. They're looking for that. Okay, I've been playing Destiny for all these years. I need I need a new feeling, and I think that is going to happen, you know, not only you know, with the new stasis, I mean, that's going to be, that's going to be a game changer right there. It's as far as the feel. And so something brand new to really work with it's, it's new skill tree. So new something to work with, but you know, with them changing all these structural things underneath you know, that you can't help, but change the feeling of the game. And that's what makes me excited and hopeful that we're going to see a bunch of people come back and stay. Um, and I don't think it's, you know, 
reasonable to think that it's going to be this gigantic, you know, story driven, da, 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 because that's not what their focus really is. It's really about getting that base experience to feel new again. Yeah. Yeah. Just the return of the stranger, you know, return of the Mm -hmm. Cosmodrome, you know, paying off some of those old story beats. You know, it's like the stranger is one of the most iconic characters in Destiny, even though we haven't seen her in over five years. Yeah. So, no, great, great points. No, absolutely. It's going to be really interesting to see what Bungie comes up with this fall. And, you know, I think the extra time will really help them to polish the content and to flush everything out. And I think that knowing Bungie and their history, they are very active with the community and responding to our feedback. So, the things that will make the game better i think they are in the back of their minds thinking about it and working on implementing the changes as quickly as they are able yeah i'm really interested to see that pvp stream what the hell they're doing with pvp yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. and we're going to talk about pvp in just a little bit we're going to dive into all of the changes that we can expect this november But before we do, I do want to touch on a few other things. Now, I love your movies. We did learn that you are a complete badass when it comes to leveling up your character. So (laughs) on that note, I'm curious, do you have any tips that you can share with our listeners as far as how we can level up? Because I'm 75 right now and I don't have too much time. I have a few months. Right. What can what can a scrub like me do to level <laughs> up and get good? All right. Uh, so kind of top five it, I guess. <laughs> um, well, I mean, it's a little too late for you to, to do this trick, but one of the biggest things and, you know, it's one of those divisive things in the community is stacking bounties. Um, so the season pass has multiple XP boosts spread out through throughout the season pass. Um, and one of the first ones you get is the fire team boost, which is at uh, level five and kind of your goal is to get there as quickly as possible. So one of the easiest ways to, to do that is to stack bounties in the previous season. Um, Cause typically I, I get to 200 and then it just kind of coast to 300 after that. And cause I'm not too concerned at that point. Um, so I spend that, last hundred actually stacking bounties typically and getting prepared for the next season. So unfortunately that's not going to help you (laughs) because you're already in the middle of the season, but those XP boosts are something that is very important. So some of the things in the the season pass, you've got, uh, you actually have six, like 2% boosts just for XP boosts as you go through the season pass and you have four fire team boosts. And the fire team boost is the one that you definitely want to look at and make sure you're treating that one correctly. Um, so the fire team boost, you need to be in a fire team as it says. Okay. Now, <laughs> um, now where do you get those? So that's just as you rank up through the season pass. So there's one at level five, one at 26, one at 56 and one at 86. And there are 2% each. Um, so the key that everybody messes up on is you have to be in the fire team boots on the ground for it to actually count. So you have to look for the little, you'll, when you look at your, in the interface, you'll see the little actual bonus next to your, uh, your guns. It'll actually have it sitting there. Make sure that pops up before you turn in your bounties. Um, but that's an easy extra bit of experience that you can get from that. Um, the other easy tip is, uh, 
is gear. Um, make sure that you're optimizing everything you're doing with, with your gear. You've got ghosts with a guiding light on them. Make sure you've got one on at all times. That's a 10% XP boost. Um, look at, you want to do these things as fast and as efficiently as possible. So you want to look at having some specialized builds that are meant for that grinding. So things that are going to get you your super back fast, get your grenade back fast, get your melee back fast. So things like uh, like certain exotics like Nezrik Sin, Shards Galanor, things like that are all things that are centered around getting your super back faster. Weapons, you've got you know, Osmosis and Demolitionist. Those are going to be things to get you your grenades and melees back as quick as possible. You've got mods like Hands-On and Ashes to Assets. So get a good build that's specifically for that grinding, which luckily those builds will help you out in other activities too. They're great for strikes, great for raids, things like that, because getting your super and all that stuff back quickly is, is good anywhere in the game. But the, the, the elephant in the room and the necessary evil is bounties. We, we, we love to hate them <laughs> at this point, but that is really the, the biggest key to getting your, uh, your level up as fast as possible. Make sure you're doing your weeklies. Um, they give you the most XP in general, uh, but also like special bounties like Gambit, like the prismatic ones right now, any of the event bounties are typically going to give you more XP than other uh, normal ones. But um, <clears throat> just want to be efficient. You know, always if multitasking. If you're doing an activity, have bounties on you. Make sure you've got all the repeatables picked up every time you do it and keep getting repeatables. So if you're doing, you know, if you're just running strikes for, like I like to run the masters trying to get um, exotic drops and things like that. And I'm constantly just taking a quick break, going and grabbing some some bounties and coming back and just kind of keep doing that. Um, one of the key things that I find that a lot of people make a mistake of is if it takes too long, don't do it. There are so many bounties that are just a pain to do and just it's not worth it for the XP you're getting out of them, especially like daily ones. Um, if uh, the dailies or the repeatables, they're, they're meant to be just simple, quick ones. So if it's something that just takes too long, just throw it away. It's, it's not, it's not worth the silver <laughs> at that point or the time. But, uh, and the other, I probably the last thing I would say is three characters. That's how I really do it. Cause I do, I do it all on th all three characters every time. And that's how you can really get up there quickly. And I have kind of a routine that I do pretty much every day. Uh, I go in Tuesday reset, hit all my weeklies, and then I do the planetary bounties. So I just go in a circle around the map and do all the planetary bounties on every planet. Mm -hmm. So there's my top that's, five. That's, that's great advice. Thank you for sharing that. And mm -hmm. uh, a lot of these things I need to take and apply to my own gameplay because gee, I feel like I don't grab bounties often <laughs> enough because sometimes, you know, I did a bunch of stuff. I got my weeklies done and then I just kind of get bountied out where it's like, mm -hmm. eh, you know, I've done it. So, yeah, I definitely need to be more consistent with grabbing bounties every time I turn whatever previous bounties in again. Um, I think one thing that would help with that process is not having to go to the tower to grab those bounties. I think having a system yeah. where I can just, you know, from orbit, just quality of life improvement that will make that process more streamlined and will motivate me to just, you know, grab my bounties, 
get into the activity and go. Didn't Bungie say that they're going to have a solution for that? Like they they have something in the works, I yes. think. They Coming did, 2022, yeah. Guardians. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, I heard someone on another podcast. They were they were talking about that, and they were talking about how it would be cool if if you were doing um, bounties and like Crucible, and then then just you know Shax just comes up over the over the mic and is like, hey, uh, you know, we've got these bounties you can do, and you could just go into a menu and and pick up some more repeatables while you're in orbit waiting to go into the next match. I'm like, that would be nice. That'd be yeah. <laughs> make that much easier for sure. So. I feel like things are going to change once these next gen consoles come out, you know, like mm-hmm. once they ditch those old, those freaking Jaguar cores, get those, <laughs> get that trash <laughs> out of here. <laughs> you know, get that 30 frame trash out of here. <laughs> yeah. hey man, I just got an Xbox one X. <laughs> it's, it's it's my trash i love my trash <laughs> i mean i yeah i think i think next gen's going to introduce a lot of quality of life changes that they just weren't able to make on the old hardware um you know so like for instance i don't know if anybody noticed but in the stasis trailer like did you see that the snow around the guardian's feet actually mm-hmm. gets displaced like, I don't think we've really had that in the game ever. Anything mm. like that, where like we have displaced physics in the game. So I know that kind of sparked a conversation about like the end, the the engine Destiny runs on, and and if they're upgrading it in any way, they could be doing it light. behind yeah. the scenes. Yeah, they could be doing engine I mean, work. There was there was a job posting for Bungie a couple months back. And it was a senior, it was a senior software engineer or architect or whatever it might be. And I mean, I just know from the technical standpoint, I, I work in tech, you know, that's a, that's a, a possible, they could be potentially hiring people for that. I mean, look at the prophecy dungeon going away. For, yeah. You know, a, a technical update, a technical update, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to throw out some conspiracy theories here. Do you do you remember? That, do you remember that hour and a half long event in the tower? Yep. I think mm-hmm. behind I think behind the scenes it was something bigger. I think it was a trick that Bungie was playing on all of us to get us to pretty much be in the tower while they make all the upgrades behind the scenes on the <laughs> engine. That's the only possible reason why. <laughs> there we go. I cracked the code. Yeah. There's that, or I mean, in the same wavelength of that, there's there's the possibility they use that as a technical test. Honest, I mean, yeah, honestly, I, they, yeah, that could have been a technical test using that really, engine. Really, really good point. Like they, yeah. they could have just been secretly testing things in the background to see what if we like, because let's let's be honest. I mean, they have never done something like that before in the history of Destiny. And you know, for them to just come out and say we're having a live event when we have never had a live event before in the history of the entire game, it was kind of shocking. Yeah. Like I was expecting to go to the tower and just watch a cut scene. Mm -hmm. That's what I was expecting at first. And then they say, no, this is a, this is a genuine live event. That tells me that they have some, they have access to some new technology that they've been working on for probably a long time. Considering the tiger engine is halo reach era. (laughs) 
like yeah i agree with tyler yeah 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 i mean tiger engines halo that's they, they built halo reach on that yeah. like that thing that thing like i was in middle school when they were building on that thing <laughs> i am no. an adult now and i'm getting married and they're still using it for <laughs> destiny 2 that's that's just the perspective of time of time well, like, come on. really old <laughs> well hey i'm just saying i'm just saying i'm just saying but like time perspective honestly like if, yeah. if they're going to move destiny 2 to the next gen consoles they can't wait another console generation after that to finally do a facelift it's no, gotta right. happen absolutely correct it's gotta I mean, it's gotta happen they can't i mean obviously tiger has been updated a little bit but i mean yeah not not to the, you can't put that on the new consoles like the way that it you know is in its no i mean it's that would be like using unreal engine three or four when unreal engine five is coming out for next gen like yeah you know no, I, I it's think, I it's think just definitely... not it's just not something that i feel like that they would they would do if they had the resources to make it so they didn't have to like yeah if the resources are there i see that as something that they would be like it's time no definitely agree with you on that um it's interesting because i mean they're definitely working on something under the hood i mean especially with new consoles on the horizon they have to be working on some kind of upgrades even if it the upgrades won't be coming out right away, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe it will take some time for them to roll out those updates, but I'm sure they're working on something to upgrade the aging Tiger engine. So great, yeah. great points. I think it's going to also be able to allow more people in the environments at once too. Like once they like do, I think do that's the what they're really testing. Yeah. 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 See if they can get an instance. Yeah, and and crossplay like are we gonna get a battle royale in Destiny? <laughs> Guardian, <Yeah>. the Guardian <laughs> Royale, the Guardian Royale. We're gonna have to talk to James Work about that one. I don't know, but no, it's, 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 already, use that. it's already <laughs> trademarked by True, yeah. James. Tra- <laughs> trademarked by James. Thanks, James. <laughs> I'll just give him a check every month. It'll be all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's how that's Perfect how you play world. the game. <laughs> exactly. James Work is a smart man. Yeah, yeah, so he is. Guardians, let's let's segue a little bit. We're we're yeah. playing something new slash old slash kind of familiar. Solstice of Heroes 2020 is live. Shadow Price took a week off, so he probably doesn't even know it exists. But yes, Shadow Price, <laughs> there is something called Solstice of Heroes. Don't get too excited. Don't get too excited because Ooh. you might remember it from last year. And mm-hmm. For anyone who does not remember, Solstice of Heroes is the seasonal event to celebrate our Guardians and everything that we have accomplished. And we have the European Aerial Zone that is back in the game where we pretty much feel like Indiana Jones, (laughs) pretty much going uh, from roof to roof, collecting uh, different items and and killing bosses and then finally lastly we get to farm a ton of chests based on how many enemies you killed and then you get a grindy set of activities that you have to complete on a set of given armor and you get rewarded for your time possibly potentially we're we're gonna Mm. talk more about that to see if it is worth our time 
for the rewards that we get. So on that note, what do we all think about Solstice of Heroes 2020? And Sin, as our guest, do you want to kick things off and share your thoughts? I'm I'm neutral. I'm neutral. I'm neutral on my feelings for it. Um, you know, I I you know, I don't speak I don't speak for everyone. Obviously, it's it's more of an opinion. It's like I like what they did with the armor where, you know, the armor looks good and the armor is not getting kind of sunset or pushed to the side, you know, a couple months after solstice is over, you know, um, you have the option to purchase the glows through through the I, I don't want to call it transmog, but like the the ornament system um, through Eververse. Uh, I feel like I feel like it's great. I would have liked to see a little more incentive on like getting three characters to like the full fully maxed out um some even if it was a sparrow or a ghost or something that's just like to show hey i did this you know i feel like i feel like the the incentive you know was there last year i think it was the void streak that you got if you mm-hmm. you know leveled up all three all three of them but you know it's weird to me it's weird to me that you're able to purchase the eververse ornaments immediately after the blue set Mm -hmm. and it kind of almost de-incentivizes you to grind out the rest of them at least for me i purchased it at least for me like i did my blue set and i purchased the ornament and i already have high stat rules on gear that i like that are not going to be sunset that I'm kind of sitting here like, do I really need to go through the rest of this to then unlock them in the packages and then grind out the solstice keys and the solstice boxes to get maybe, maybe a high stat roll on a, like a helmet or gloves or whatever it might be. You know, I, I, I just feel like it's, it's a weird, it, it works for everyone. It's kind of like, if you want to do it, you can, but at the same time, it's like if you don't want to do it, then there's really not much for you there. So now I'm I'm curious about that. For the ornament that you can purchase, that mm-hmm. automatically unlocks on all of your characters, and you can use that ornament on any piece of armor, correct? So, so it unlo- that ornament unlocks it's class based. So you so change your subclass and it, it, it yeah goes it's, with that glow. Correct. It's a universal ornament, though. It's a universal ornament. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Now, Which, the one the one that you acquire from playing the game is that also universal, or is that not universal? No. And how do you get that one? You get that by doing going all the way through the masterwork. So I think it went like magnificent, then majestic. Um. Or mag, yeah, I think it was yeah, it was magnif- magnificent then majestic for the purple. So like, if you go from blue the blue set to the purple set, and then you do all of the objectives for the purple set, then you masterwork those that purple set, and it gives you a white glow on that armor. So the white glow is for masterworking the entire set. 
and Naglo is only applicable to the Solstice armor, correct? Correct. Oh, that's a drag. Correct. Yeah. And then so the into unlock the unlock the glow that changes with your subclass. All you need to do is to do the objectives to go from blue to purple. You don't even need to level all the way through the purple set before you can just buy the universal ornament and call it a day. I did that today on my that's hunter. that's what I that's what I did. And it's it's nothing against the grind. It's just I'm at the I'm personally at the point in the seat in this season where, you know, I'm just ready for something new. <laughs> but that's just me. I mean, a lot of us, a lot of us, we play the day we play the game constantly. You know, mm-hmm. most of the time when we're playing, we're there to help help people out that just aren't on the level we're at. And if I'm just casually playing, I. I don't know. I'm just I I think that was probably the biggest drawback is that there's not much of an incentive to, to really play Solstice, but at the end of the day, it's also a free event when yeah. you look at it. So it's a catch twenty two, but I you know, I, I went through with my warlock, I'll probably do my hunter and Titan, get them get them from the blue set to the purple set, get the ornaments, and I'll be done with Solstice. You know, yeah. the Solstice packages, they don't from what I'm gathering from around the community, the Solstice packages, the drop rate for the armor is very low once you finish it. Extremely so it's low. like, <laughs> it's very, very low. I mean, it's high stat rolls, but once again, I have high stat rolls that aren't being sunsetted on multiple pieces of gear that are all fully master worked out that I've had ready for Beyond Light since the season even started. And with Transmog coming next year, you can just make it look like anything or something right when they yeah well yeah. i think uh um, for it's kind of designed for that more casual player and give them an opportunity to get those high stat rolls but iron banner does that a better job of that because you can get high stat rolls in iron banner and pretty much anybody can go in iron banner so agreed agreed That's and then point. the universal ornament is applicable to any piece of armor so exactly you know but i hear the white one from what tyler says looks the best out of all of them. Yeah, it, it does. And I think Bungie even said that they were going to investigate the um the elemental glows. Um, because if you look at the trailers for those glows, they're a lot brighter than they are in the actual game right now. Yeah, they mentioned it in the TWAB. They actually said mm-hmm. that it's it's not working as intended. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's very faint. Bungie. Yeah. Didn't they say, like, the closer you are to your super, don't they grow, glow more brilliant? Or is that the way? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. yeah. They're not yeah. brilliant enough. We want more brilliance. Come on, Bungie. Yeah. Step all, your game up. All the brilliance. All the brilliance. We want um, all the brilliance. Brilliant. <laughs> and an important note is that once stasis comes out, uh, that will be included in the armor glow as well. Yeah, They're doing a dark blue armor that, glow. Is that if you purchase it or if you... No, it'll be included on the universal version of the solstice armor. So you have to pretty much pony up the bright dust, pony up the bright dust or the silver, whichever tickles your fancy. And it's 6,000 bright dust, by the way. (laughs) I mean, it's not going to break the bank. It's not going to break my bank. Like I have, I think, 25, 26,000 bright dust. So I can, I can take it. You got enough for all three. Yeah, I was about to say, yeah, 6,000 Six thousand each, yeah. Each, yep. So six thousand. If you're doing all three characters, <laughs> no. yeah. 
No. <laughs> no, I I know I said I love uh-huh. the warlock helmet, but like the hunter the hunter glow looks pretty cool. Like the the devil mm-hmm. horns. This is this is terrible. I thought it was six thousand for like all of it. Mm-mm. No. I mean, you do get a lot of bright dust though now six thousand piece. Like it seems like you get like yeah, if you could do those repeatables bugged. and get bright dust for them. Now no, that they're not bugged anymore, though, right? No, they're not uh, anymore, right? Did they fix it? I think they fixed it, yeah. Yeah, they yeah. said they fixed it. And they're supposed and, to do another patch to give us like prorate us the stuff we already earned, supposedly. So Yeah, the um, people who turned in the bounties and didn't get the bright dust for them yeah. are gonna be refunded. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think last year didn't you have to buy the individual subclass glow yes like set yeah so and what if i remember correctly wasn't that like a lot as well because i remember it wasn't six thousand it was like i want to say it was on like 4500 i think yeah so when you think about it you're paying six thousand for all three subclass elements and you're getting one more i mean that's better it's a lot better when you think about it other than buying so you have three characters, three glow types. That's nine Eververse items you would need to technically buy if you, this was last year. And you can take it with you through the Universal Ornament System, perm- well, permanently through the Universal Ornament System into Destiny 2 Beyond Light and Beyond Beyond Light. And the armor itself, you could it won't be sunset for, for another year. So And Beyond Beyond Light, too, so... Yeah. yeah, it definitely has more value just the and fact that beyond, it's universal. Beyond, beyond light too. <laughs> yeah, okay. it's it's not, who doesn't want to go out there and look like a glow stick? You know, so. working title. Exactly, <laughs> it's perfect stealth formation. I mean, you. I mean, it worked for that dude from Splinter Cell. <laughs> Glowing lights, man. So no one will so ever see you coming. So let's quickly run through what is required to complete your Solstice of Heroes armor. I know Shadow Price probably needs to be caught up to speed he was on vacation last week and uh we're gonna run through this really quickly because we have a pretty big and juicy twab to talk about so we're gonna move on to the twab right after this but before we talk about the twab i do want to kind of go over what we have to do with the grind to get our character leveled up with solstice of heroes And if you have your Titan, you have to do the following to get your blue set upgraded. For your helmet, you have to land 50 precision final blows, complete one EAZ run, defeat 100 Hive. Pretty easy, not too bad. Gauntlets, defeat 50 enemies in EAZ while with an ARC subclass, get 50 super kills, defeat 50 enemies on the EAZ. Um, so it doesn't seem like it's that bad for upgrading the blue set. Plus, you're getting faster progression as well, correct? Shadow Price, you were doing that yesterday. Yeah. Getting three, doing one and getting three for one. Okay, so that's not that's not entirely too bad to get your items leveled up. Now, for your Majestic set... I think that's where it starts getting a little bit unreasonable. And here's why I say that. I was working on my hunter. For me to upgrade my hunter, I had to do the following. 
2,000 enemies defeated with elemental damage. And you have to defeat 300 enemies with arc weapons. And then lastly, you have to defeat 200 enemies in EAZ. 300 enemies with arc, 200 in EAZ, I can live with that. 3,000 enemies with elemental damage, that's kind of grindy. Kind of, kind of a bit much. Um, for your gauntlets, you have to complete 10 heroic public events, collect 300 arc orbs in strikes, defeat 300 cabal using a subclass that matches that day. Now that sucks, because the cabal suck. <laughs> so, you know, that one, I actually got that done fairly quickly. Believe it or not, um, you can get Cabal doing strikes. You can find Cabal on the EAZ. So that's not, that wasn't so bad. You could do uh, Volunder Forge when it comes up. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good yeah, one. Too. True. True. The next Me thing. Being the, uh, the efficiency guy, I would suggest not, though. I would say like I've I've already done all three and generally mm -hmm. speaking I only needed about two hundred more as long as I did just the activities that were needed for all the other pieces of armor. So it's a good place to finish that last two hundred, but I wouldn't start there for sure. Mm -hmm. Can you do the castellum? Does that count? Yeah. Oh, well there you go. Lots of yeah. there. <laughs> I don't know why I totally forgot about that. I oh, guess yeah. I'm going to Castellum if I'm going to proceed on that. <laughs> the only place I know for sure that doesn't drop on some of these is Gambit Prime. Gambit mm -hmm. Prime won't drop orbs. Mm. Yeah. Now, here is a pro tip. Because the next thing that Bungie wants us to do, it is a bitch. <laughs> I'm going to come out and say that. It's a bitch. We have to bitch. 10 Gambit matches. That's not too bad. I mean, it's based easy. on the multiplier, it's actually not that bad, right? So here's the thing. The first time that you do it, it is a drag. It is not a fun experience because here's the thing about Gambit. Gambit takes a long time to complete every single match. So I would say the one activity that's going to take you the longest amount of time, it's going to be Gambit because you can't really make the activity shorter or go any quicker unless you're playing with a team that goes and in and just throwing takes. and you're yeah. throwing in the towel. <laughs> and at that point, you're you're ruining the purpose of playing the game to begin with. And that's just bad game design, in my opinion. And to force, even if it's not 30 gambit matches, maybe it's like 15, 16, 17, even then. Think about the process of having to go through that. For me, it was pretty tedious, and I would recommend going into Gambit Prime or Gambit first and doing that as the first thing, because you're going to have to do 10 matches. You might as well do that and get other things completed while you're doing that. So you're going to have Cabal that you're going to have to kill. You're going to get the orbs and elemental kills that you need to progress your other armor pieces along the way. And movies, do you have any thoughts or any uh, any advice on leveling up Solstice? Because you are ahead of all of us, I think. Uh, I don't know 
how far Sin has gotten into his solstice. I not not far, <laughs> not <laughs> not too far. Yeah, I'm, I'm magnificent on all three, and I've you are magnificent. There you go. There you, oh, you, you can stop right there. I am <laughs> magnificent. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, uh, first tip: blue gear right off the bat. Do your helmet as quick as possible so you can go ahead and get the other five pieces. Uh, so don't waste any time doing anything else. Just bang out the helmet real fast so you can get all the other stuff so you can start getting that efficiency. Um, other than that, it's, it's, it's paying attention. This is the hardest part with, with Solstice every time is paying attention to multitasking all the different things that are required and trying to do as many as you can at once. Um, I think one of the biggest things is, is just missing what the requirements are. Um, so the key is, you know, actually going into the details of armor and reading the actual, what it wants from you instead of just the, the super short version that it has in your, your basic preview window. Um, but yeah, like I said before, with like the elemental kills, um, I, every time I did it, I was typically only had like 200 more elemental kills to do. Um, and that was after I'd kind of done all the other activities. So there wasn't really that need, like a lot of people are going blind well farming for in, um, strikes and you're not actually, you're almost wasting time when you do that because you spend way more time in there than you had to, had you just gone and done the other activities. So I wouldn't, you focus that, you know, down to that one thing to try to nail it out, try to do three or four things at once. Uh, and you'll naturally progress the, the orbs and the elemental kills on their own. Um, definitely pay attention to the daily burn, the singe, because that is a requirement uh, and it will help you out. Uh, other big tip, do it with other people on the same step for sure. Cause that's going to help you out with getting the same elemental orbs done a lot faster and all that stuff. So that probably be my big tips. Yeah, no, that's that's great advice. You know, go in with a guardian that you are playing with who are who's also on the same quest step and also is doing it on the same character because you will have identical objectives. So if you're using the same subclass, you're doubling or tripling the amount of orbs that you're gaining. So your progress will be double or triple with some of these objectives, which helps out a ton. Yeah, I think that also it helps you get through it. If you've got a friend you're playing with, you're not going to be so concentrated on, oh, i got to do another gambit match. Mm -hmm. So I think it'll help you just with the grind in general, just to, to have friends doing it with you. Yeah, I pretty much, my, my friend during the gambit grind was uh, Apple Music. I was listening <laughs> to music the entire time because yeah. nobody was on. And, and generally, it's really hard to find people to play with these days because a lot of people just tuned out they played solstice the first week i was focused on my shadow title the first week the second week everybody's gone it's crickets man like so getting things done can be a bit of a challenge uh if you don't have a dedicated fire team but definitely recommended go out on lfg go to the Bungie forums, you can find people to play with. You don't have to be a scrub like me. You can find people to play with if you put some effort in. And uh, that is some great, great advice. So to wrap things up with the magnificent 
armor because you are pretty magnificent with your accomplishments. What do you have to do in order to get your final set of armor upgraded on that final stretch? And how bad of a grind is it? Uh, that's not too bad at all because it's just singular activities. Um, so you have to do a Master Nightfall, um, a pro- Prophecy dun- No, not Prophecy. Um, what's the other dungeon? Uh, Pit of Heresy. Yes, Pit of Heresy. Uh, Pit of Heresy, just get a checkpoint. That's the easiest way to do it. Um, you can even LFG that. There's, there's tons of people in LFGs that have checkpoints for the boss. That's going to get it done the fastest for you. Um, Master Nightfall, Pit of Heresy. Uh, yeah, that one. And what was so this, the the biggest one and the which one I still have not done yet is the Seven Winds and Trials. And that one's going to be fun to try to tackle. <laughs> but uh, everything hey, else I'm is I'm ready whenever. You ready? You know, I mean, I, I'll play whenever, man. I love Trials. I mean, I, I, I love the spirit of Trials, not so much the cheating. Mm-hmm. I just I love what trials. He doesn't love the losing. That that's the part that's not so yeah. fun. Neither it does a Desker's keyboard. At, at first it's great, but like give yeah. him give him about an hour or two and we'll see how it feels. Yeah, I was gonna say I'm I'm not a fan of those runs where it's just you you just feel like you're banging your head off of a wall just to get a win. Like yeah. those sessions not yeah. not not the not the greatest. Not the greatest. But it's the spirit of it. The mm. spirit the spirit. spirit of losing <laughs> the spirit of losing with people you care about exactly <laughs> isn't that what playing destiny is all about come on that's right at its core yeah <laughs> yeah it's the friend game remember come on yeah it's a social game <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. i'll tell you the um, one thing for the magnificent uh, that a lot of people don't realize it's kind of mm, i don't know not really explained very well it's the altar of sorrows one uh, you actually only have to do just one full run of Altar of Sorrows. Um, just go all the way up through, through all, uh, was it six tiers, I think, total? Um, oh, just, nice. Yeah. Do it once yeah. and it's done. It's just done. Because it mentions like having to do five, three times or some. Yeah, tier five, three work. times. Yeah. Yeah. You just do it one full one and that completes it. Good to know. Yep. Really yeah. good advice. Yeah. Great. I wish I knew. Super all good advice. Super, super good advice. Good advice. <laughs> Almost magnificent. <laughs> Almost magnificent advice. We're getting there. So on the topic of magnificent advice, play the gambit first. Do the gambit first. Get it over with. Just get it done. Play with friends. Listen to music to maintain your sanity because that's important. Uh, maximize your orbs make sure you're equipping the right exotics to to give you more orbs if you know you're for example using arc strider and you're on a hunter and it's arc day you know make sure you're using the um what is it the chest piece what is it called raiden flux raiden flux thank you you know stuff like that and make sure you are running the subclass that is appropriate to the day that you are playing um, I think during strikes, what worked for me is to visit the blind well or play on a strike where I can also do heroic public events. So essentially, you're killing two birds with one stone. And I wouldn't necessarily go into strikes first. I would maybe do that like as a last thing. 
because you can get everything else done before it. And if you need to finish up any additional orbs, you can do that in the blind well. And it's a pretty simple process to to get that done. And I feel like for me, my progress was the quickest to get my orbs during the blind well because you kept getting your supers pretty quickly and there were a ton of enemies. Yeah, for the elemental kills, I would suggest probably starting with your hunter or your titan first because they have the best melee that you can just proc over and over again. Uh, especially the hunter, you can do the the dodge melee uh, on the arc. So you can just sit there and mm, yep. tumble, roll, punch, tumble, roll, punch. Top over tree. Again. Top three mm. arcs, right? Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. And because you have the multipliers on the other characters, you can get that that multiplier easily on your hunter or your titan. So they both have classes that you can kind of just melee forever. So good, quick, easy Ooh. way to get elemental kills. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and one one character at a time is really good advice. There was something that Bungie talked about, I believe, last week, where they mentioned don't complete something on your first character, start your second. Do you know what I'm talking about, movies? Um, it was for the Magnificent specifically. Um, so if you do the Magnificent on one character, it will apply to all of them. So you can just do it once and it will complete for all three characters. Huh, interesting. So you should start your other characters and get them to Magnificent and then complete it on one character. Okay, well, that's really good advice because knowing me, I would have done it ass backwards and we know (laughs) what happens when you do things ass backwards. It doesn't end up well. Wait a second. So if you get everybody the Magnificent set, you only have to do those last objectives on one character? Yep. And oh. you actually don't even have to be wearing the gear while you do it, actually. As long as it's on your character, you don't even have to be wearing it. Wow. Okay, so that's probably why you haven't completed, like, all the way, right? Because you're doing Correct. it exactly like that. Ah, yep. it makes sense. Okay. Yeah. I was, I was not going to do it. Cool. seven trials wins three times. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> We're waiting for that one. Oh, man, that's going to oh, be a boy. drag. But, hey, that's also required for your moments of triumph this year. So it only makes sense to get that done. Yeah. So eventually, we'll, we'll get it done. So I, I got to ask, Guardians, how can Solstice of Heroes be improved for next year? Uh, something new. Probably. Something new. One hundred percent. Yeah. One hundred percent. Something new. I, new I think activity. that's the only way. Yep. I mean, yeah. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna put out put out the unpopular opinion here, but get rid of Solstice key fragments. Have yeah, them just yeah. be the boxes. Have them just be the boxes. I mean, we're swimming in a sea of bl- sea of blues and world drop loot with a very very small chance of getting an enhancement core. I don't mm-hmm. it, giving us more of these boxes is not going to be some overpowered broken system at this point 100 agree i, I think yeah. if anything that destiny has a currency problem you have a currency to buy a currency to buy a box <laughs> with a currency to open the box <laughs> stop it just drop and then, it just and then yeah. you're keep opening, it a drop and then you're opening pandora's box so, right you know. <laughs> yeah and next thing you know you're in like the borderlands universe 
Right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that wouldn't be a bad thing. Yeah. I'm so confused. <laughs> uh, great. I think um, biggest improvement I can say, aside from the blanket, give us something new. Give us activities that are outside of the crap we do on a daily basis. Yeah. Stop mm-hmm. sending me to lost sectors. Stop sending me to strikes. Give me something new to do. I think that was what was successful with last year with EAZ. It was it was at least a new environment and a new activity. Mm-hmm. We still had to do the, all the old crap on top of it, but we had something that was a new activity. So that would be my, my, my big win if they do that. Or something that's like, you know, new to Destiny 2 that we haven't seen in it. Like mm-hmm. maybe like bring back Prison of Elders for next uh, Solstice. That would be pretty yeah. cool. I would like yeah. that. Something. I mean, uh, you know, I, what was it? Oh man, I was going to say something. I can't remember what it was. Um, there <laughs> was, um, oh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'll go. Up. I'll think of it. I'll think of it. <laughs> so I'm I'm gonna be I'm gonna be the unpopular opinion here because I think that what Solstice can improve upon isn't necessarily giving us new stuff. I, I simply think that's not realistic. They're not gonna save new content for a Solstice of Heroes type of event. I think Solstice of Heroes would work well as an event where they encourage you to play activities that maybe you wouldn't normally play. And I'm not, I'm not talking about grinding Gambit to death. That's not what I'm talking about. But think about this. If they can make some small changes to heroic story missions, or especially the ones that are going away, they could have used that content to build something interesting for us to do. They do that in the first solstice. Did they not do that in the 2018 solstice where they had you run those old missions, right? Mm, yeah, and they, they did. Yeah, they already did that. Yeah, they mean, already did that, that bro. I they, missed already, that. they already did that one. I mean, yeah. you know, add some extra stuff to it. Add some I will, orbs I will or say, something. I don't know. I enjoyed that actually because I had not Me played too. those those original story missions in forever at that point. So it did Me feel too. like and, and a new hey, experience because they they took the enemies a little bit too. So that was and it was kind of a truncated, shorter version of the mission. So I said that was a lot of fun. Yeah, why well, an idea? Like, How about makes make ones for Cosmodrome like for next like you know one? Yeah, since they're bringing back the Cosmodrome and it'll be hopefully back at the fully year one parody by then. So. And if you're yeah. going to bring back the Cosmodrome, please bring back the loot cave. Give me something to farm for hours. <laughs> Dude, on I end. will shoot in the loot cave for six hours. I will shoot that hole here. for hours on end. I will. I'll and, do that. And I will shame anyone who steps across that line. And you know what that line is if you play during beta. Dude, that's the line you know. of death. You step head across that line. You don't cross. Yeah, you don't cross that line. <laughs> Sin, you know about that? You know about that oh, loot cave? I know all about the loot cave. But- <laughs> I know all about the loot cave. Yeah. I, wow. I, I, I learned my lesson agree. the first time that I crossed that line. Somebody Next gave Solstice, me that look. Mm. Cosmodrome, <laughs> story, and loot cave. Yes. Yeah. Send it. So, package it. Know, package that. Yep. It's, not, it's not that difficult. And, and here's why I think that repurposing content would be perfect for this type of activity. Because realistically they only have so much resources and i would rather them put their efforts into building the next expansion and making that better 
and focusing more efforts on the stuff that's sort of in between. Remember and, how crazy it got during the when you were shooting in the Luke Cave though, like when the freaking Urzok yeah. would come down during the public event, and yeah, then just like and, and, and guys, be- think think about this. What if they just created new public events within the spaces that we already have? They have mm-hmm. Solstice of Heroes. They have this crazy expanded version of a public event with like a new boss, new mechanics, something on a larger scale where you have to pretty much play with six seven eight nine ten people to actually beat it i think that would be really cool that would make the game more fun it would give us more incentives to play yeah i'm gonna go come out of her i'm gonna go come out of her wormhole you know down in the bottom yes the cosmodrome so it'll be a party mr pino please not so much gambit in the future (laughs) (laughs) no more gambit i I don't want to play gambit with our tinfoil hats earlier than possibility of engine improvements, something I would throw out there is, is, is make the whole world involved. Like if you play Borderlands and they do a Halloween event, you have every enemy in the world has a pumpkin for a head, you know, make it feel like it's something that's affected the entire world instead of one singular specific location. I that's got great. it guys. Faction like- wars, faction wars. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly though, in that same vein, I would like I would like to see them do that with expansions to begin with. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we got we got like the Taken War variant of Strikes when Taken King came out, where the Taken were invading. Like, mm-hmm. that was cool. That was cool. Updating updating what what attacks you in the world and what you go after in the world based off of what's happening. And yeah. I think I think even Luke Smith said that in an in interview. Um, the interview after the stasis trailer came out, he stated that the, I guess, um, throughout this year, we're going to see stasis or, you know, the dark, the darkness abilities kind of start moving its way across what we know. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering if when, like, even the strikes that are not getting vaulted, I'm wondering if we're going to start seeing like, the fallen in the world, like all of the fallen that would be around. Yeah, them remember the spaces. wolves? The yeah, wolves I'm are wondering, I'm wondering the if the fallen, yeah. the fallen are going to kind of sink back. Like the ones we know are just going to kind of go away, and we're going to see the new fallen kind of taking over. That's the right. Soviet they taking they over like do EDZ that. or the Cosmodrome or whatever it might be. They mm-hmm. they do that. They yeah they introduce the the new the new uh, content the, the new mm-hmm. expansion like the world changes like obviously the world's definitely going to change with the exodus of those planets and locations like i'm still very intrigued to see how what what they're exactly going to do for that yeah you know so so i'm i'm curious we we briefly touched on pumpkins and this leads <laughs> me to ask do you think Festival of the Lost will be any different than how it was last year? It's going to be Festival of the Lost Planets. <laughs> I mean, well, it's, well, it's going to happen while Festival of the Lost is going on. You know that, right? Yeah. Well, so, so, while I was, so while I was talking, I was kind of looking at, um, I was kind of like just zooming through Twitter just to see what other people's thoughts were on the TWAB. And I noticed that, you know, Festival of Lost has Infinite Forest, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the Infinite Forest, the Haunted Forest, the Haunted Forest, the Haunted Forest. Thank you. Well, yeah. it's it's 
Mercury's getting sunset. Don't, sunset. Don't, don't don't say that, please. Mm-hmm. This is too mm-hmm. painful. And I'm not ready. Well, with that happening, like if the Exodus is going to happen before Festival of the Lost, or like the Exodus quest at the very least for whatever comes out, because I think that's I think that's the the eighth September eighth. I could be wrong. Sometime early September that that's supposed to be happening. Um, yeah. That. If that's all happening and we're going to see this whole Exodus thing come to fruition before Festival of the Lost comes out and that Festival of the Lost was intended originally for Beyond Light, like, mm. are we going? I'm, I honestly think we might be seeing something new with this Festival of the Festival of the Lost mm. just for oh, the same yeah. fact of the Festival space. Of lost that, planets. Yeah, <laughs> the space that once was the Infinite Forest is going to be gone or well would have theoretically during development been planned to have been gone by that point. Yeah. So when they got that far. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a lot of just assuming if they got that far, but I I wouldn't be surprised if we saw something at least new or tweaked in some kind of way. They did say it's going to be like no other time in destiny. Remember? Well, yeah. So (laughs) I I mean, yeah, we're starting to see the beginning effects of that. And I, I think, I think, this season still has some tricks up its sleeve before before we're we're through with it. Yeah. I still think there's there's a couple couple things to come, I believe, that you know we'll we'll be very surprised to see. They definitely like to throw surprises in. I mean, look at the zero hour mission, look at uh whisper mission, yeah. you know. So I mean, yeah, I I agree. So the the last thing that I want to ask. And we have a tradition where we rate things in the form of spicy tuna rolls, and we're going to stick to that. So how would we rate Solstice of Heroes in the form of spicy tuna rolls between one and five? Five means you just got world-class spicy tuna. One means you probably want to go to the emergency room because you will have food poisoning. Let's then go first. I'm going to sit yeah. neutral. I, I mean, I have to be honest. I'm going to sit neutral. Like I'm saying about anywhere from three leaning more towards a four, just because just because I, I think it's average. I think this year's solstice is it's average at best. I mean, it's not, it's not terrible to the point where it makes me not want to play the game. And it's not great to the point where I'm going to explicitly go out of my way to do it. Does that make sense? Like, it's kind of yep. sitting in between. It's a casual grind for a free event. And I don't think I don't I think Bungie did the best they could while trying to just focus on the future. Well said. Movies, what do you think? I will probably land very similarly. Um 3.5 we'll go with. Three and a half spicy tuna rolls. Um <laughs> They did at least make the effort to make some improvements. I, I definitely feel like I'm not sweating as much as I did last year. Mm-hmm. So much easier grind. Um, so that's helpful. I think they they realize if they tried to put in a grind like last year, people would just revolt and just not do it <laughs> yeah. at this point. Um, but yeah, I mean, the state, state that we're in at this point, couldn't really expect them to do a ton with it and make changes, but they did at least try and, and make some quality of life you know, changes. So, 
but still, you know, the rewards, the fact that the terribly low percentage chance of actually dropping gear that you'll want to use is you don't really have a lot of reason to do it except for, you know, people like me that are completionists and like to, you know, do everything that's in the game. So if, uh, if you just want to have something to, to hang out and do with a friend, you know, it's a good time. You'll get some cool looking armor, but other than that, it's, it's just something to, to bide our time until the next drop. Definitely. And Shadow Price, what are you, what are you saying? I think Nightbot needs a little timeout. He's being a dick right now. To sit on I Twitch. saw that. So <laughs> I think uh, Nightbot needs to have a seat. <laughs> um, I saw that. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, but uh, as far as Solstice goes, I'm going to land very similarly as well. I'm thinking also three and a half because I actually might complete one character all the way this time. So um, I'm only going to dock it for not having new activity. You know, I mean, like, like uh, movies said, they did the best they could with the time they have allotted while they were still working with Beyond Light and working within their means and, you know, the uh, pandemic. And uh, so, yeah, uh, definitely improvements. Would like to see it improve further, hopefully next year. Um, but yeah, three and a half. Okay. So I, I was going to give it a three and a half, but Gambit. So uh, I'm going to give it three out of five spicy tuna rolls because Gambit. Uh, ten, not necessary. Uh, too much. But other than that, um, you know, Gam- uh, not Gambit. Gambit did not bring me back to the game. Um, Solstice got me back into Destiny, and it got me playing a lot more consistently. So in that respect, you know, Bungie gave me enough incentives to make me play the activity. And considering that it's a month-long activity in between the next thing, you know, I, I think this is the best that we can expect from Bungie for what it is and for the time that they had to produce the content. I wish they changed the path to achieving the armor. I wish it was a little bit different. I wish we played more story activities rather than just play Gambit. Um, Mm -hmm. But other than that, you know, uh, I'm, I'm enjoying it and I'm excited to get my solstice armor um what is it majestic or magnificent on all three characters and i will be grinding out later this weekend and uh, hopefully i'll get my alt characters finished up so i'm gonna give it a three out of five spicy tuna rolls again gambit but other than that it was great so that's my take and guardians on that note we're gonna talk about something really hot and juicy Hot off the presses, this week at Bungie was released earlier today, a few hours before our rambling began on the Destiny show. And this week at Bungie, we learn more about the Destiny Content Vault, aka an approach to evolving the game that will allow us to add new content, bring back some Destiny's greatest hits from the past, and support Destiny 2 for years to come. 
and this is a really big big twab we we learned so much about what's staying what's going and we got a lot of clarity about what's what guardians can expect this november we do know that titan mars mercury and the leviathan are all going bye-bye and io and what else Oh, yeah, and Io. Io. Oh, I missed Io. Yep, there's four go. And Io. They're all going away. Any any thoughts on that? Any um, negative feelings, positive feelings? What do you guys think? Hi, Felicia. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I don't have negative feelings per se. I think I have more or less like... I don't know, like that nostalgic, like saying goodbye to an old friend kind of feeling, but knowing like you'll one day cross paths with them again, like that kind of feeling. I I wish I had nostalgia for these areas, but I really don't. Yeah, I mean, I, when when they came in, they were in a part of Destiny that wasn't you know the hottest. And um, I think I've played Sabathun's song. I've got my fill of that strike. I would no. say so. <laughs> So you know, if, I, if, I have to, if I have to hear Caliban like one more time, you know, I'm just gonna. <laughs> Taliban? Operation Taliban. Operation Taliban. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we, we know that new locations are coming this November with Europa and bits and pieces of the Cosmodrome slow, slowly and surely coming to life. And uh, we're gonna dive in a little bit further into what destiny 2 will look like this november so let's dig in the core activities that will be changing are as follows strikes crucible gambit raids and dungeons for strikes the following strikes are pretty much going away on io we have the pyramidian the festering core on Titan, Sabathun's Song. On Mars, Strange Terrain, Will of the Thousands, and A Garden's World. Any thoughts on these strikes going away? And are you going to miss any of them? <laughs> nope. I just realized. <laughs> I, I, I mean, the Festering Core came out last year and it's already gone. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm not but it was also it. my least favorite strike, so I'm kind yeah, of no. okay with it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not yeah. gonna miss it. <laughs> yeah, a lot of these I don't think I'm gonna miss. Um, you know, running. I think the only one out of these that I might miss in any capacity is maybe Strange Terrain, which is mm-hmm. odd. But I actually, I just like, I like that strike. I like Nocris. Like nuking this shit yeah. out of Nocris. See, yeah, <laughs> it's fun. I'm gonna miss Will of the Thousands. Because I, I kind of like, look, I like the fact that we got to fight something totally freaking different. It was like this dragon looking thing. Like, I think that was really cool. And, and I'm, I'm going to miss that strike. And yeah, yeah. It yeah. wasn't just like a bigger version of an enemy we already have. Right. It was something completely well, unique. Something funny that happened with Will of the Thousands is uh, I was actually playing uh, with someone in. And they're like, hey, there's, they added this new mechanic. You know, he'll actually come down and bite you. And I was like, that's not 
no, that's not new. <laughs> if you get too close to him, he'll do that. He's done it from the very beginning. So it's kind of surprising that, you know, you know, most people just stood in the back and baked him or, you know, use anarchy or something like that. So yeah, they just say anarchy. Half, yeah. So they don't see half the mechanics that are actually there most of the time when they're running it. So mm-hmm. it's kind of surprising to see somebody just now seeing those mechanics. I mean, and also think about how many new players came into Destiny mm-hmm. recently since the free-to-play model was introduced. So that's that's another thing. And we know that we're going to get some new strikes, some good news in between all the bad. The Will of Crota will be coming back. So yay for that. And we're getting something redacted, something that we don't know. It's coming with the new season with Beyond Light. So that's going to be cool. Do we have any thoughts on what this strike will be? I mean, obviously, we can safely predict it's going to take place on Europa. Mm-hmm. Now, are we only getting one strike on Europa, one new one? Probably, I would, I would imagine so. I would think so, yeah. I, I would think so. I, I kind of am erring on... So... You know, I'm one I'm one that whenever new con like not new content, but like new trailers come out, new videos or promotional material comes out like I analyze and dissect the hell out of it. In one of the trailers, I can't remember which one it was for Beyond Light. There is a pyramidian like structure that appears to be on Europa filled just filled with Vex. And I'm wondering if that's going to be the strike. Because hmm. it's like, it looks like the Pyramidian that's on IO, but it's like different. So I, I, I was thinking, I'm like, that's either going to be something to do with the raid. But ever since the whole Rise of Iron, Breath of Machine thing, I, they don't show any aspect of what's actually in the raid. So like, I'm thinking... It's probably going to be Vex related somehow. And it's might, might be like a hybrid fallen Vex type of deal. Where like the fallen are trying to go after the Vex for something on Europa. The Vex that would will be, have ice on them. Cool. <laughs> yeah. So million dollar question. Are, are we getting a raid specific weapon and armor or is that too much to ask for? What do you guys think? Do you mean do you mean like a raid exotic? Oh, I'm sorry, not raid, strike, strike specific armor or weapon. I think it would be a good I, I definitely wouldn't not want them to. I think that would be I, I honestly I still think that's the logical next step for for grinding. Like if you're going to remove all of this from the game, right? Like if you're gonna sunset a lot of what we have in the game that's that gives us armor, that gives us all of this. And you want to focus on the core gameplay playlists like Crucible, Gambit, Strikes, you know, there needs to be some type of actual incentive there to completely rerun those over and over again. And I feel like that's the natural progression of where this is going. I mean, I I could be wrong. I could be way off. It might be a fever dream, but I, I, I feel like that would be something that I could see happening. I, I could see them doing at least maybe weapon specific mm-hmm. for a strike. The armor, just because of what they've talked about, you know, the changes to 
kind of the singular armor that has the different stickers you put on it per vendor and that type of thing and how they're kind of trying to streamline the different armors that are available would almost make me think that they probably wouldn't go that far to do a whole armor set for mm-hmm. the strike mm-hmm. but weapon i could see them doing that because that's something that the community has been asking for for a while and since they're sunsetting a lot of the previously strike specific weapons it would make sense for them to try to replace that definitely and and lastly we do know that eventually the devil's lair and the fallen saber strikes are both coming back and i know shadow price will be excited about getting to replay those on pc oh yeah absolutely yeah i mean sepix on you know with high frame rates and you know that's gonna that's gonna feel really 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 cool yeah like, I'm, I'm excited for that now do we have any hint as to when those strikes are going to be coming to destiny 2 uh sometime in season 13 i think because season okay. 12 is the fall right i mean that's that's beyond light that's season 12 if i'm not mistaken i think yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think season 13, I think the the season after. So this is actually pretty interesting because it almost makes me feel like the new approach that Bungie is taking on with seasons is to give us some new strikes during the seasons rather than the approach that they had in the past that they kind of confirmed wasn't quite hitting the mark the way they expected Yeah, and hopefully uh, yeah. they, yeah. Yeah. Hopefully be on a so, more quick cadence as well, like they'll keep adding them. Definitely. And then also we have some other stuff that was discussed during the Bungie Weekly Update, and I'm kind of boycotting this next one. So Shadow Price, do you want to t- talk about this next thing that I don't want to talk about? Oh, yeah. Is that would that be Gambit and Gambit Prime? <laughs> yes, that that would be the one. Your favorite thing in the world? <laughs> my 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 new favorite thing to not ever talk about. Uh yeah, they go on to say uh, that as a reminder, Gambit and Gambit Prime will be re- merging into a single experience. So when your kick uh, four kicks off on November tenth, a new version of Gambit will be similar to Gambit Prime. And it'll be a single round face-off with tweak blockers, heavier mode drain, and some changes to Primeval Fight. And they'll give more details uh, and updates before the revamp mode goes live this season. Um, they said, unlike strikes and other PV content, the Year 4 Gambit playlist map selection is the best of lists and is one of those edge cases we mentioned before. And then they felt that it was important to keep the select Gambit maps in rotation for the best competitive play, regardless of their destination's fictional state. So on November 10th, the available Gambit maps that will be in on Beyond Light will be the Emerald Coast on the EDZ, Legion's Folly on Nessus, Deep Six on Titan, and New Arcadia on Mars. And the ones going into the DCV are Cathedral of Scars from the Dreaming City and the Kell's Grave on the Tangled Shore. And they go on to say there's a note, as we perform maintenance on the activity, Gambit Prime armor will be deprecated. We are exploring ways to rebalance and introduce some of these perks as the armor mods in the future. Alongside these changes, we'll be rotating some maps into the DCV while retaining popular arenas for the mode. Thoughts? 
the the comment about heavier moat drain caught my eye. I'm kind of curious what that exactly is going to be like. Um, honestly, one of the I've kind of had a lot of speculation and conversations about the new Gambit Perfected. Um, and one of the things that I would like to see and what I think might happen, hopefully, fingers crossed, because of all the sunsetting with the armors, you know, how they're going to take care of the, the Gambit-specific armor, I would hope they would change it into kind of a class type thing where you, the armor sets kind of, you choose what role you want to play. Because I think there's been a lot of comments from people who played early on in Gambit and tested it, and they had restricted loadouts. And the common thread is that it was really fun when everybody was using the same stuff. And as soon as all the other gear got introduced, that's when it got crazy. Um, so I think that would just be a cool, really different thing and really would make Gambit stand out. It'd be the only mode in Destiny that has like class-specific things going on and they're really actual class-specific. I think mods are the way to go too, you know? I think mm-hmm. I think that is a evolution of what Gambit was, you know? Um, it, it, it'll be nice to, hopefully it'll give it a fresh appeal too, a yeah. little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think so. <laughs> I mean, Prime in itself to me, if, if they had adjusted some things with Prime, I feel like it would feel like the perfect version of Gambit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the one round is all you need. The whole three round thing in the traditional Gambit is just nobody has nobody has time for that. Mm-hmm. Not 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 in Destiny, at least, and not for a core playlist mode. No. Yeah, it's it's you know, I I think one of the problems for me with Gambit is that it's too long of an activity for the reward it almost feels like it's twice as long as it should be so i hope that bungie works on addressing that as they combine gambit and gambit prime together fusing mm-hmm. some of the things that work for both um also i would like to see more incentives for playing gambit and i'd like to see perhaps maybe like some kind of a seasonal ranking lad- ladder that you can climb to give you more of an incentive in the activity also the other thing that i think is kind of a missed opportunity here is to utilize the clan feature to allow people who are within the same clan to play together and to create like a team experience with different sets of loadouts based on what their role is within that group and i Mm -hmm. think there's a lot of opportunities with gambit to incorporate that and to make it into an activity that's fun and engaging and something that is well balanced which i think that's one of the problems they have right now gotcha yeah i think i i would agree yeah that's kind of what i was talking about with the set roles so instead of you getting wrecked by that one team that actually has all the gambit armor (laughs) you actually go in with roles that you kind of assigned to you so that it's more of a level playing field and it feels more balanced and isn't steamrolled as easily. Yeah. So, so shadow price, what's happening in the world of crucible coming this November? What's, what's coming into the game? What's going and what's changing? 
Uh, so basically, they're going to have again a best of mix, and it's be pulled from Destiny One and Two's Legacy. And so the maps that are moving into the DCV on November 10th are going to be the following. It's going to be Meltdown, uh, Solitude, Retribution. Kind of sad about that one. I kind of liked Retribution a little bit. Um, the Citadel, Emperor's Respite, Equinox, Eternity. Those can all those can die in a fire, though. Those two. <laughs> Same thing with Firebase Echo. Get that the crap out of here. Gambler's Ruin, Legion's Gulch, and Vostok. A little sad about Vostok, though. I kind of liked that one. Um, so the maps that will be available on November 10th um, will be uh, Bannerfall, um, Exodus Blue, Rusted Lands, Twilight Gap. And it says those are the Destiny maps. And then the Destiny 2 maps that are going to be available are Altar of Flame, The Anomaly, The Burnout, Cauldron, Convergence, the Dead Cliffs, Distant Shore, Endless Vale, The Fortress, Fragment, Javelin 4, Midtown, Pacifica, Radiant Cliffs, Whittles Court, and not last but not least, Wormhaven. Hmm. So, still quite a bit of maps, you know. Yeah. yeah, and as someone that plays a good deal of PvP, um aside from all of my pve escapades i think that they took out pretty much every single map that i did not really care about facts so the only one that i I liked vostok i vostok was fun the problem with vostok is that it gets it gets very weighted like there's points in it where the spawns the spawns are wonky in that map and they just don't play well in d2 if if you ask me um but the one map and i rant about this all the time and everybody disagrees with me but i cannot stand bannerfall <laughs> i was oh, kind of kind of hoping it would just go into the vault for now i love bannerfall oh man i'm with you i love I'm with you. i hate bannerfall i can't stand oh, it oh <laughs> there's so many lanes and i just i, I love know. the snipe i love the snipe oh. so it's it's it suits well, my play style. Yeah, like, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm just bad. You know, I, I you <laughs> never really you never really want to think that way. But, you know, maybe I'm just bad at it. <laughs> and that's why I don't like it. I don't think it's that because I am not the best crucible <laughs> player in the world. Just ask Shadow Price. And I love Bannerfall. It's one of my favorite maps. So I'm going to squash that theory right right now. Well, there we go. Yeah, Oh yeah. god! No, no, yeah. Think, it's just it's a map I'm not down with. Yeah, same for me. I think I think for me it is it, it's a it's a variable. Like mm-hmm. you like to have a plan and you know what you're going to do and and how to kind of bounce back and things like that. And I feel like that map is there's so many lanes, there's so many places you can get shot from. It's just chaos, and you can't really go in with a plan. You'll go in one match and kill 40 you'll go in the next map and get wrecked <laughs> on the same exact map and you, and you don't know what happened that was different from one match to the other i think that's what it is for me because you've, you've got those specific things that everybody goes to like you've got the the balcony with the snipe and then that's you've me. got 
Then you've got a bee sitting right in the middle. It's like a fishbowl where everybody just shoots you <laughs> from 12 different directions. And I can't yeah. stand bee on that map. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. Bee, bees, bees toxic for sure. Yeah. yeah. And so, then you have guardians like me who run around like a headless chicken who does not know what the hell he's doing and just trying to get kills, <laughs> trying to yeah. keep my head above water, just trying to stay alive, keep my KD positive. That's all I want. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of agree. I think the my top ten of maps to get rid of, they pretty much hit those. Uh, I'm glad to see Citadel goal. That's a, a oh my god, choke, it's just <laughs> a hate, choke points. It's a map of choke map. points. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that map going away makes me be so happy. So happy. So, so <laughs> am I? Am I the only one who's gonna miss Firebase Echo? Yeah, because Pro- I hated that map. Probably. I'm Absolutely. not look, look corn, I'm not. I'm just just verifying with you, but probably yeah. Okay. That, I, I think that's yeah. the worst one. I, I think I would, that was yeah. That's safe that, to assume. That was the worst one. I hated that map. What a passion! <laughs> hated it. Okay. Well, good, good well, yeah. to know. Good to know. <laughs> so, what's what's changing with the playlists? What what's going away? What's staying? Shadow Price. What's happening with that? Uh, so their goal here with, um, the way they're changing the PVP modes come, uh, November 10th beyond light. So they go on to say, as year four starts, we're also taking the opportunity to focus the crucible experience by reducing the number of PVP playlists and modes to those that receive the most play. It will increase the matchmaking pools for the remaining playlists and make it easier to find matches with better connections. And they'll have a full preview of crucible changes later this season. Can't wait for that. But here's a preview of the modes that will be active and modes we will be transitioning into the DCV. So what will be going into the DCV, you ask? Supremacy will be going in there. It'll, next will be Countdown. By Felicia. Lockdown. Mm. Breakthrough. Mm. Doubles. Momentum Control. Kind of going to miss that one because that was like SWAT and Halo. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scorched. I don't care about that one. Scorched can go in there. Okay. And the ones that will be... Oh. Did you want doubles, to you know, I'm I'm upset because I like, I like days, Come I on, like, like that that was kind of a cool activity. Why, Bungie? Well, actually, wait a minute, wait a minute. That might be okay because doubles is going into the DCV. It doesn't mean that by Valentine's Day it can't come back, right? They'll do Crimson Days. They do. Yeah, that's probably they'll, bring guess. It they'll bring it back. They'll bring it back for the event. Yeah, yeah. for the event, they'll bring it back. Okay, so in that case, I'm okay with it. So the ones that will be staying is Rumble, Clash, Control, Iron Banner Control, Elimination, Trials of Osiris, Showdown, Survival, and Mayhem Clash. I don't think I... I've played Showdown like once. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> I was thinking the same exact thing. I'm like, what's Showdown? Because I'm, I'm trying to remember when I played Showdown. I can't remember, so that means that... Either it was a really long time ago or it wasn't very memorable. Yeah, same. <laughs> Does anybody how else you, know what that is? Guys, how do you guys I, I feel about this <laughs> change? Are you guys okay with, with these activities going away? I'm okay with all of them except momentum control. Same. Yeah, yeah I like the momentum yeah. control. All of them they... except momentum control. I love the momentum control. I love hard. I, I, I don't want to call it like hardcore mode. For those that are like Call of Duty players, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, but like yeah, right here, <laughs> I like yeah, I like hardcore modes, and I feel like it was a lot of fun. 
Hardcore mm-hmm. TDM. That was me and Corn. That was our mode, right, Corn? Yep. Yeah, and, like yeah. and ghosts. Oh, yeah. Ghosts. So all day. Yeah. You know, I like I like how I like there being like both a risk to getting shot even once and being the one dishing out the shot. You know, I I like that. I think it was a fun mode. And it's just weird to me that it's like it came out this year. Why is it going into the DCV already? Like, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I know. I don't know. Maybe it just didn't get the get the play time that they wanted it to. Well, maybe yeah. when they bring it back, they'll improve it even yeah. more. You know, so yeah, I, I, I mean, everything I've ever heard about moment of control was was positive feedback. So, I mean, it, it's a fun mode. You know, it's definitely good for practicing headshots, um, <laughs> and it's great for grinding bounties. <laughs> if you if you need to get kills, that's one of the easiest ones to get in there and do it. Um, yeah, I'm kind of sad yeah. to see that one go for sure. Maybe yeah. they'll yeah. bring it back when they change some of the map structures, when they introduce some new PVP maps, you know, along the way to, to be more like was suited for destiny. Like, cause it seemed like so many of the maps were suited for destiny too, you know, and they brought some of the D one maps back and things like that, you know? So I'm thinking that as they, you know, transition into the new into Beyond Light and and then further Beyond Light, that maybe they'll bring it back when the maps are more suited for the game mode. Maybe I'm wondering what the asterisk is next to it because I'm looking at the at the twelve trying to see what that was referencing, yeah. but I can't yeah. find anything. I can't either. I mean, I'm mm. I'm sure they're going to bring these activities back as special events or during certain times. You know, I mean, there there's going to be a time and place for them to bring these activities back. And I, I think they will based on the overall community response. I think momentum control was pretty popular. I think doubles was pretty popular, too. I, I don't think people dislike doubles. So I was actually pretty surprised for those two to be going away. Yeah. So I do want to talk about a few more things before we wrap things up. And the next thing that I want to touch on is raids and dungeons. And we did learn a few things about raids and dungeons going into this November with Beyond Light. The first thing that we learned is no dungeons are rotating into the DCV this November as all dungeons uh, hosting destinations will remain active in the game during year four. Note, the Prophecy Dungeon will become temporarily unavailable to allow the team to make necessary technical updates. Details and dates will be coming soon. That's really interesting. So the dungeon will be temporarily going away, but it will be coming back later in the season once they make some tweaks and changes to it. Do we have any predictions for what technical changes Bungie would be making for the pro- the prophecy dungeon. Mm-hmm. Technical. Hmm. On a technical uh, standpoint, I I don't know. I I can't think of a single thing technically that's like in a technical sense is wrong with it right now. Um Yeah, I don't know. That's that's just weird to me. Unless there is some, you know, engine changes that they're, you know, working on and they're trying to implement it, you know, into some of the, you know, activities and prophecy being one of them, you know, um, 
I, yeah. But it's it's really interesting. They're specifically talking about the prophecy dungeon. It's not like they're disabling endgame activities like the prophecy and um the raid that the Garden of Salvation raid and stuff like that. So I'm curious to see where they would have a need for them to improve that specific activity from a technical standpoint. I'm almost wondering if it has something to do with the lighting. Because you've, I mean, you've got... Oh, ray tracing on the new consoles. Right, ah, you have ray tracing maybe. on new consoles. Oh, yeah. made a lot of differences and changes with the, how the light was actually perceived in the game to get the light and dark modes. And Well, there it is right there. That there makes a lot of sense. There we go. Yeah. And especially with next-gen consoles coming out, it would make sense for them to make more substantial changes under the hood. and. Now that I'm thinking about this, when they talk about technical changes, we talked about the aging uh, engine that Bungie is currently using starting to be upgraded. So maybe this is what we're seeing. Maybe the engine is being upgraded for that activity to test it out to see how it functions. Makes sense. Do you think the Tiger engine? Do you think the Tiger engine can, uh, you know, uh, support ray tracing? I mean, they could be doing some changes under that hood. I don't think hood. my computer can even support ray tracing because I don't have one of those fancy graphics cards. And I mean, yeah, I have mine, a pretty good one. Uh-huh. Mine definitely can't. Mine can't either. I, mine can. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it's not as much about the engine itself. I mean, it's mostly going to be on the hardware side, even, even with the software based ray tracing ones, those are mostly taken care of by the GPU. Um, it's more about uh, communicating and translating that information to the GPU. So I, I, I can see them easily making some changes to the, the engine to accommodate that. Um, but yeah, I've, I've got the 2080 TIs. So it's, I think it'll be, I think it's doable. Because it's it's more about the hardware you're running instead. And the last thing I'm going to say about graphics cards is 3080 graphics cards are coming soon, and uh, just sigh. I don't know. We'll 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 see. We'll see. Is it time to trade it in? Is it time is, to is do it the tra- old? <laughs> I don't <Yeah>. know. <laughs> I don't know. Well, we'll we'll talk about it. Yeah, we'll talk so, about it. In addition to the craziness that we talked about, we also know that raids will follow the same vaulting principle as the previous activities like strikes. And with destinations that are leaving, so do the strikes that come with that destination. And with that, moving into the Destiny Community Vault, the Destiny Community Vault... (laughs) The Destiny Content Vault. We have the Leviathan Raid. Also, please send me there to the Destiny Community Vault. (laughs) Sunset Sin, please. Tired of this. I know, I need a bigger vault. Yes, (laughs) let's do it. So we have, going into the DCV, the Leviathan Raid, the Eater of Worlds, the Spire of Stars, Scourge of the Past, and Crown of Sorrow. Good thing we got that last hurrah with those. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, really. Do we have any thoughts on this? Is anyone going to miss any of these raids? Mm. 
Um, I think I'm going to miss Leviathan, honestly, because I do really like the mechanics in that raid. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like how the weapons in it weren't weapon 2.0. Oh, excuse me. Yeah. How they I um, Yeah, I I do like how they gave us a chance to get those those armor pieces at like a non sunsetable rate you know like we'll have it for another have them for another year mm-hmm. so like it was cool to be able to go back and fill out armor sets that i haven't like filled out and just had no reason to so it's like my raid count went up like 20 plus in a week just from just from people needing to run it and people wanting to run the old raids again so it was cool it was cool but I'm, i think i'm gonna miss Levi- i think i'm gonna miss leviathan the most Yeah, I think there's definitely some nostalgia for me for, with Leviathan because that's mm-hmm. that's probably the one I've done the most. Um, had one of the worst experiences ever with uh, doing the guided games, and even though it was terrible, it was still a memory. <laughs> yeah, and like yeah. I mean, you got to think that that first year of Destiny Two, that's all there really was. Yeah, like there was Leviathan and Levi. Then beyond that, Eater Worlds Inspire. But most of the time, it was just people running the le- 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 levy or prestige levy, you know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, getting prestige levy done the first time, and th- those are those moments where you you audibly go like, "Yes!" <laughs> yep, it's like yeah. we got them. Yep. And I still have not yet to this date completed a prestige levy. <laughs> oh really? really? Oh man, we're gonna do this. We're gonna you get that change that. <laughs> we're gonna change this asap. I mean. We I, have to. It's honestly, it's it might have it's been daunting. Passage. It might have been daunting in year one, but it's nothing now, really. Yeah. Until you until you've heard cover left and cross shoot. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't lived yet. Yeah, yeah, I remember yeah, first time running it. I was oh the I was the void swap guy. Yeah. Horror and story, they were like, man. Horror like, story. Trial by fire, man. And I'm like, oh, I hate this. I got real good at it real quick. Otherwise, I was gonna get I was probably gonna get yelled at. Right. I would get actual like migraines playing that. <laughs> like seriously, no joke. <laughs> yeah. So some good news that we have. Not everything is just going away. We are getting something new, something redacted with a new raid that's coming on November 10th. And we still get to play on the last wish raid in the dreaming city. And we have the Garden of Salvation that hopefully will be upgraded with new higher tier armor, but we'll see wishful thinking, perhaps. We'll see. Heavy. Yeah. Yeah, heavy. An actual heavy drop. <laughs> An actual heavy drop. Yeah, heavy weapon would what be is that? cool. What is a heavy weapon? I don't even know mm-hmm. what that Something is. Garden of Salvation <laughs> doesn't have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Last Wish has too many of. Right. <laughs> Here's your here's your fiftieth Apex Predator in three weeks. Mm, oh God! <laughs> Thank you. May I have another? May I have another? <laughs> and we have more news. I, I told you this was going to be a really juicy and really big twab. You didn't believe me. Well, here it is. We have more stuff to talk about, and this is a three-hour podcast already. So we're going to wrap things up pretty soon. We're going to talk about exotic quests. They're going to be changing pretty substantially. Fundamentally, the following 
um, quest lines will be changing in terms of how you acquire the bread. Sturm, Mita Multitool, Rat King, Legend of Acreus, Sleeper Simulant, Polaris Lance, World Line Zero, Ace of Spades, The Last Bird, The Last Word, Lamanarch, Jotun, Izanagi's Burden, Thorn, Lumina, Truth, and Bad Juju. Some notes from the developers as follows. We still want new and existing players to be able to earn these legacy exotics. So starting in year four, any exotic tied to a quest that has been vaulted, like those listed above, will become available through a new memorial kiosk situated amongst the vault kiosk in the tower. We'll have more information later this season on how exotics on how exotic archives will work and how to earn any exotics that you don't get your hands on before year four. That's pretty interesting. A second thing. Now, you may be asking, what about Catalyst previously acquired through content that's now in DCV? Here is a list of Catalysts that are going into the DCV and will become unavailable to earn starting in Season 12. Another note, if you have these Catalysts already equipped and their objectives completed, you can continue using them at your leisure. If you already have any Catalyst with an asterisk, make sure you finish completing the necessary objective to apply it as the objective will no longer be available at the end of Season of Arrivals. Wow. So available now until November 10th, we have Ace of Spades, Black Talon, Borealis, Cerebrus Plus One, Cold Heart, The Colony, Crimson, Darcy, Ariana's Vow, Fighting Lion, The Fourth Horseman, Graviton Lance, Hard Light, Jade Rabbit, Lord of Wolves, Lumina, Merciless, Mita Multitool, Prometheus Lens, The Prospector, Rat King, Risk Runner, Sturm, Sunshot, Suros Regime, Sweet Business, Symmetry, Tommy's Matchbook, Tractor Cannon, uh, Trinity Ghoul, Vigilance Wing, Wardcliffe Coil, and Wither Horde. There we go. So these are all catalysts that will be available. Moving into the DCV, we have Bad Juju, Huckleberry, Izanagi's Burden, Legend of Acreus, Polaris Lands, Skyburner's Oath, Sleeper Simulant, Telesto, Outbreak Perfected, Whisper of the Worm, and World Line Zero. So all of these will be moving into the DCV. Make sure to complete these before the end of this season, or else they will be unavailable after season 12. I got like two on that list, I think, <laughs> out of all of them. <laughs> uh, oh my God. I think I have quite a few of them. I don't think I have all of them, but uh, I'm going to have to double check. I'm not going to lie. I kind of wish they revealed this information sooner because it almost feels like with the amount that's being sunset, they're not giving us a whole lot of time to acquire these items, especially given the fact that these are 
largely random drops from various different activities, correct? That and three of I them think, you gotta go in the raid for. Like you gotta, uh outbreak, you know, yeah, outbreak, whisper, and worldline are also time gated. Mm-hmm. I gotta get outbreak. I gotta at least get that one. You gotta um, do them week so it'll, i think each one takes a total of three weeks to complete because yeah, you have to get the the weekly singe controls that one mm-hmm. i'm at like 93 percent though i think i just have to go in and like do the heroic right and like yeah my, yeah you gotta do it on the right rotation or whatever it is yeah it's really interesting yeah, yeah you know for me i have some of them completed i think i have whisper of the worm outbreak perfected i think i have sleeper polaris lance legend of acrius um bad i don't think i have bad juju i think i have the huckleberry so i mean i'm gonna have a little bit of grinding to do with this but uh yeah you know i'm gonna try to get them all but i'm not gonna worry too much about it but it'll be nice to get them all done, especially because these are exotic weapons and they don't really expire like the legendaries do. So I have a little bit more of an incentive to grind to get the catalyst finished. Up. If, if I was, if I were to just throw a tip out there for anybody um, looking to try and get like, if you had to pick like two or three of them out of this entire list that are going away, I would say it's probably looking like Izanagi's, Legend of Acrius and Whisper. If I've, I'm got being I've got Izanagi's and Whisper. I Mainly you- because the damage on Izanagi for the that like the fully catalyst Izanagi's is insane for DPS. Yeah. So that's a big one. Acrius, the normal Acrius, I believe, gives you two shots. The catalyst gives you like four or five. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. You can just farm the Castellum, if I'm not mistaken, right? And just, like, open up the three doors and get that chest to try yeah. to get Yeah, it. To, to get Acrius itself, yeah. Um, to get the it Catalyst, you need to do a Prestige run. Yeah, Prestige. Now, yeah. Or it can drop in Prestige, sorry. Oh, you, oh, you, you, oh, okay. So you don't have to complete it all the way. You just, it gets, a, it just gets dropped somewhere in there, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. From what I believe, at the end, yeah, chest at each encounter has a chance mm-hmm. to drop it. Okay, so um, yes, Castellum. You could do like three characters and just run the Castellum three times, and you'd have three chances to get it. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we have a little bit of time. I mean, I'm kind of glad we have until September, or not September, until November to get it all done. So we do have a little bit of time left. If this was announced now and we had until September, whew, that would have Wait, been a little rough. How but in the world do you get Skyburner's Oath? Is it, where where a, does that drop? Hmm, Skyburner's Oath. I think you have to play Strikes, if I'm not mistaken. I feel hmm. like that was... Wasn't that a, like a raid or a nightfall? I, I thought that was that, like a raid. I think it's a raid. Skyburner's is... I think Skyburners is regular Leviathan. Really? I think Skyburners might be regular, just just a random drop from regular Leviathan. Oh, because yeah, Legend of Acrius is Prestige Leviathan. Mm-hmm. So regular Simulant. Levy would be just Skyburners, I think. Sleeper Simulant is uh, Spire of Stars, right? Telesto yes. is 
Telesto yes. is uh, Eater of Worlds, I think. Yep. Yeah. Correct. Now, uh, out of all those, I mean, Acrius and Sleeper are the two big ones you're going to want to try and get and do. The Sleeper, I think it reduces the charge time on it. Oh, I mean. Which is really nice, really nice. If that ever. is not that bad anymore. No, it's like, not. Since we, since we played it last, I mean, we seem to have uh, figured out the mechanics. Yeah. I just hope I didn't forget everything. I mean, that was like over a month ago. Yeah, you just you after. just ward cliff. Everybody runs ward cliff, mm -hmm. throw a bubble down. Two 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 ward cliff bursts and Valco was dead. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember like, it's that. It's busted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Make sure you put on that um what is it, Argent Ordinance perk, I think. Yeah, so, yeah. Um uh, heavy handed or whatever it is. Yeah. That mod. But yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. It'll give us something to do, something to chase after before we get ready for the new content. So think of it as an opportunity to finish up that grind, get those uh, exotic ornaments and the exotic catalysts, so you can become your best guardian. And the final thing that I want to talk about tonight. We had a Q&A with Bungie regarding this new Destiny content vault, not Destiny community vault. And we're, they touched on a few things that were pretty interesting and I'd like to briefly talk about before we wrap things up for the evening. And the first oh, thing that... Uh, sorry, Corn. didn't mean to interrupt you. I, I see a little note. It says all of these catalysts will come out of the vault and be made available with new objectives if needed in a, in a future season. So that's promising, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just wanted to point that out. So it's like gone, but not forgotten. <laughs> Except well, not forgotten has gone, technically. Oh, it's yeah. gone. It's gone. Yeah. So, so the Q&A with Bungie, that was pretty interesting because they, they talked about some interesting things that we kind of touched on earlier relating to the free-to-play model of Destiny 2 and how it's changing. And Bungie kind of confirmed a few things. The first question that Bungie answered in the TWAB was the following. What will New Guardians experience if the year one campaigns are going away? The answer was the following. With some of the core year one destinations entering the vault, it's true that the free-to-play Red War, Curse of Osiris, Warmind campaigns will no longer be playable. We are building a new expanded Gar Guardian origin story on the Cosmodrome that will launch alongside year four and will be available to all Guardians to play. It is designed to introduce you to the world and mechanics of Destiny and prepare you to play the action MMO game that we all enjoy. The Forsaken and Shadowkeep story campaigns will still be playable in Gear 4 for owners of those expansions. So here you go. The game is pretty much stepping away from the free-to-play model. I think that the new stuff that we're getting for free to play, quote unquote, 
it's going to be extremely insignificant. It's going to be a small story mission that gives you a preview of what the game is. It gives you a taste of it. And then you they pretty much have to They did say expanded. They, they, that, those are, that's an interesting word right there. Expanded. That means bigger. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, Typically. that's what expanded means. Right? So... I'm kind of interested, like, and it's going to be available for all players. Like, I want to see what they're going to do with that. And I might, like, give that a test drive myself. I think, I mean, I'm going to play it just because it's there and it's new story content. So, of course, I'm going to play it. I think by expanded, they mean it's going to be bigger than the introductory story mission that we got last time around. It's going to be two story missions. (laughs) maybe maybe it'll be two story missions or maybe it'll be a story mission and a half who knows but regardless i think it's going to be one mission that you can play or maybe two missions and beyond that you have to pretty much pay for the content in the form of expansions well the crucible will be free though and so will the strikes the crucible will be free do they confirm that the strikes will be free um i didn't confirm that they wouldn't be free Okay, well, we'll have to wait and see. And they were free before, like, so, you know. So the next thing that Bungie talked about is what is happening to the Whisper and Zero Hour secret missions and their exotic rewards. The Whisper is entering the vault alongside Io, and so too is Zero Hour given the old tower was part of the Red War campaign, and which is also entering the vault. Their exotic weapon rewards will not be acquirable until we find a new way to reintroduce them. So if you're keen to get them, make sure to do that now. I gotta do I that. Think, I think uh, I have... I have both, so I don't think it's going to really matter for me. You, Shadow, you don't have your outbreak. I have it, but I don't have the catalyst fully, like oh, fully okay. masterwork. I'm at 93%. So I got to run back in there. So, oh, so you know, you do there's any more time. able That's guardians easy. that want to run in there with me. You know, um, As long as I'm playing on my hunter, I'm down because it's, it's a little bit of a jump. <laughs> no fun <laughs> intended. But yeah, uh, yeah I'm down. And then uh, the next question that Bungie answered, and the last question that Bungie answered was, with the Forsaken campaign, Tangled Shore and Dreaming City sticking around after Beyond Light's launch, does that mean other year two seasonal content will remain playable in year four also? The answer is no. The year two seasonal content, including the Forges, the Reckoning, and the Menagerie will be entering the DCV on November 10. Be sure to experience the content and mark the final items off your collection and checklist before they are vaulted. Here's a cheat sheet of what to complete. So they have a little bit of a, a list for what you should do. Talk to Ada One. Do the Black Armory and the Season of the Forge quest. Play Gambit Prime, The Reckoning, and Season of the Drifter quest. Yeah, right. Or you don't uh, You don't have to play The Reckoning. You know, so you don't have to play no, that. No, thank you. <laughs> no, thank you. 
Uh, I know all about this one. Talking to Benedict 66, Werner 99, doing the menagerie and the season of opulence quest. So if you're chasing that shadow title, you don't have a lot of time. You better get on that grind. And uh, pinnacle pursuits and weapon quests are also going away. So that's another thing to look forward to. And beyond the bad news of what's going away, we have one more thing to talk about, and that is Twitch Prime. If you are an Amazon Prime member and you have Twitch Prime, you can get some new loot in Destiny. You have the new standoff exotic emote, the Neon Helix shell. It's an exotic ghost shell. The... Uh, Vespular Exotic Sparrow. I probably butchered that name. And uh, finally, the EGBE-01X Legendary Ship. So all of these items are obtainable through Twitch Prime, and they are all available right now, so you can go and get that bread, and it doesn't cost anything, just... You know, log into your Prime account and make sure you link up your Bungie.net account. Oh. So, Guardians, I think we have come to that time, my goodness, where we get to rate the Bungie Weekly Update, or This Week at Bungie, in the form of spicy tuna rolls between 1 and 5. I have a feeling this is going to be a bit of a spicy one. So, Sin, as our guest, do you want to kick things off and give us your impressions on this week's Bungie Weekly Update? This is a hard five, honestly. I mean, they answered a lot of the questions we've wanted about the DCV. Um, you know, whether it's good or bad, they've answered that. And, um, you know, it's it's interesting to see where it's going to go from here. I mean, I, I'm not going to lie. I mean, I have concerns, I have hopes and I have things that I'm excited for, you know, it's kind of, kind of all of it. At least like last year, we didn't know what we were getting into with shadow keep really. And this year it seems like they're taking the effort to paint a better picture of what the game's going to look like. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think they could have been any more clear with it honestly so yeah i mean i'm gonna put it as a five i think i think uh, maybe a 4.5 just to be a little fair on on the side of you know not taking banner fall out of rotation um but (laughs) (laughs) um five five is pretty resounding right now cool and i love your movies what would you give this week's bungie weekly update well, I was leaning into a one because it's such a tease, but um, <laughs> yeah, probably I'd probably say a five. Yeah, it's the same reasons. They they answered a lot of questions. I almost feel like someone took a picture of one of the whiteboards they have at Bungie and said, hey, type this up because I almost feel like they're flying by the seat of their pants right now. <laughs> just like, a little bit, just, just a little right. bit. <laughs> like all these decisions were made like last week. Uh, <laughs> But uh, yeah, I, I think uh, the they did a great job of, you know, answering a lot of those burning questions. I'm glad that they put the QA, you know, at the end to really kind of answer those uh, top of mind questions from the community. So, um, yeah, 
I'm, I'm going to give it um, a 4.75. <laughs> okay, so we just went from 5 to a 4.75, just heads up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. The mask checks out. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And Shadow Price, what would you give this week's Bungie Weekly Update? Yeah, I mean, this was a spicy one. You know, they, were the, they took care of, they answered a lot of the questions that we were having, the hot button questions and the items that we were, you know, inquiring about, the things where we're going, the things that we're staying, like how, we're, how was the game going to look come November 10th when we log in and play Beyond Light, um, the things we're behind on that we need to, like, GG and try to acquire, do I go for my not forgotten still knowing that it's going to be sunset? Um, you know, it's all these questions were answered. So, uh, yeah, I, I gotta go five just because, you know, it's, it's a, it's really, really informational and it's, it was, it was really juicy, really juicy twab. So yeah. Five. Thwab. Yeah. All right. So I'm, I'm going to be generous this week. And I'm going to give this week's Bungie Weekly Update a five out of five spicy tuna rolls. And here's why. I think that Bungie was extremely transparent with everything that is coming in November. And I'm glad they finally gave us all of this information. It's something that, you know, we need to know ahead of time so we can better plan and prepare with some of the activities that are going away and some of the catalysts that are going away. I also like the fact that we got some new Twitch Prime rewards, which is kind of nice. They touched on a lot of different things this week. They they talked about every facet of the game that will be changing, and they outlined how it will be changing. So just for that alone, I got to give them a five out of five spicy tuna rolls this week. No deductions for the, the new prime, uh, prime. Yeah. New Gambit. No deductions. <laughs> yeah. And also, also, well, in Gambit. Um, and also, we did get some uh, fashion show things that we did not talk about because it's it's a three-hour podcast. We, we can't add more stuff to the show. And there's some small updates that you can read about at Bungie.net. But Guardians... We're going to wrap things up for the evening, but before we do, we're going to learn a little bit more about where we can find our guests for the evening. And Sin, do you want to share with our audience where we can learn more about you? Well, everybody out there, um, you can find me streaming most weeknights over over on twitch.tv backslash forward slash whatever slash it is sin on twitch underscore i tried getting sin on twitch twitch didn't like me for it so had to had to suffice but you'd find me streaming there i primarily stream destiny 2 obviously um but recently i have been tempted to explore beyond that so you know we'll throw some variety in there between now and beyond light and um we'll get back into it back to normal kind of right before that but you can find me there on twitch you can find me on twitter at sin on twitch i post my schedule there almost weekly um you can find me on youtube sin on twitch i don't upload there as much but i am there um and yeah just 
stop by sometime if you see him live and we'll we'll chat we'll hang we'll we'll play some games together very cool and i love your movies where can we learn more about you and what you do well i don't really stream so um you can find me in the tower i love your movies <laughs> i'm going do, to specifically look for you now i hope you realize that i i, I welcome it and i i appreciate <laughs> the effort too <laughs> i'm gonna find you i'll be standing in the corner with my swing in the rain <laughs> can we get a shower in the tower like seriously we spend so much uh, right, time in the tower right? the tower shower yeah the I mean, shower of tower yeah new event coming to destiny 2 beyond life <laughs> i like it <laughs> so shadow price where can we learn more about you and what you do ah uh, you could uh, follow me on the twitter at shadow price 79 and uh also here on the destiny show every thursday night and uh yeah thanks for having me all right and you can find the destiny show podcast on all your favorite podcasting apps we are available on apple spotify stitcher podbean and the list goes on we're also on the web at destinyshow.com we are on twitter at the destiny show and if you Google Destiny Podcast, you might find us all the way at the top. And next week, Guardians, we have another amazing episode planned for you. We're going to be hanging out with LR Enigma and a very special guest host that I'm kind of keeping on the hush-hush. That's right. Shadow Price doesn't know. Nobody knows. But we're going to learn more about that next week next Thursday, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific on twitch.tv forward slash The Destiny Show. You can also find me at OMG Cornholio for all the Destiny news and rants. And Guardians, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of The Destiny Show podcast. And we will see you all next week. Good night, everyone. Bye-bye. See you. Awesome, guys. Sweet. to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. Hey. Hi. Do you enjoy being optimistic about bad movies? Or do you enjoy at least trying to figure out where someone worked really hard on a bad movie? Well, we've got the podcast for you. New to Robots Radio, we represent Fresh Tomatoes, the movie podcast. Each week, we look at two movies that did really badly critically, but we try to find the good in them. And we have segments such as What Could Have Saved It? and Would You Watch It Again? If you're there on a Saturday night, you want to watch a bad movie, but you're not sure if it's like good bad or bad bad, or if you should even bother, give us a listen. You can find us on Robots Radio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Please come and say hi. We love you already. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. 
Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.